E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What is up, friends? What is going on? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, good to see you. Tone, what's up? You, you ca- I can't see your camouflage, man. I can see oh, you. Oh, man. <laughs> How you making uh, out, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I can't complain not one bit. You know, I was, t- I was uh, letting you know a little earlier. You know, I've been up since about 4.30 a.m. And I, and I feel great, man. I feel good. I'm energized. My motor's running hot. I've been looking forward to talking to you, my friend. Good man, good. Yeah, you're doing the uh, the marathon today. You, you you're hitting them all. You're doing the car wash, uh, as yes, they sir. say. Uh, yeah, so good to be hanging with you. We have G Cobb coming up at 11:30, so we'll talk to G. What's up, everybody in the chat? Tessie, Tyler, Jesus, Bry guy, William, flexing and stepping, Donald, Spanish, Twiz. Let's see who else we have here. What other friends have checked in? Vinny. What's up, Vin? Uh, I think I got everybody there. So hope everybody's doing good uh, out there. Thanks to everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, as always, happy Valentine's Day to every happy to all you who celebrate. I know this is a this this holiday tone is a bone of contention day with some. Some <laughs> people funny. are like, Give me a break. it's a candy card, uh, you know, restaurant holiday. Every day should be Valentine's Day. Why? Why am I recognizing my significant other on this day? It's a it's a money grab. That that is the that is the cynical view from some, which I don't think is that crazy. But anyway, where where are you at with this? I I tend to fall on that side of things. Um, look, the only reason I even acknowledge it or pay attention to it is because I have a wife, and you know how that goes. So mm-hmm. so um, I I don't really have any real strong feelings about the holiday, you know, on the positive side, I just look at it as like you said, money grab, money grab, candy card, all that kind of stuff, teddy bears. You know, I think this holiday is more so meant for the teenagers, in my humble opinion, when you're in high school, right? Yeah, you're walking around, you, you know what I mean? That puppy love stuff. You know, I remember back in the day uh, when I was in elementary school, right? Uh, I went to uh, Shaw, my elementary in uh, Roxborough. Okay. And, we had this system called uh, Candy Grams, and we were and we were able to like you know spend a dollar, and yeah. you can you know you know buy a candy bar, and it'll have like a love a love letter on we it, had all that it kind though, of stuff. Yeah. They were red, and on the back it had the white label. You could put two from exactly yeah, right, 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 right. So that, I mean that that was the coolest part because you used to you used to be like, listen, mom, let me get five bucks. I got I got five honeys. I'm trying to uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm trying to spread. I'm trying to spread you the better love. Better give one of those to your mom, by the way. It better not all go to the honeys, man. You take care of mom first at that age. Come oh, on, man. man. Come Listen, on. When, you're 12, when you're 12 or 13, man. Yeah, you're in heat oh, when you're 12 and 13 years old. Man, heat isn't a word. You're scorching. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get you. I, I'm I'm good because I said to my wife yesterday, I just because I, I knew how she felt, but I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, you know, what are you thinking for tomorrow? She's like, uh, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you want to go out? Do you want to do anything? She's like. I don't want to do anything. I want to, I want to come home. I want to chill. We'll spend the, you know, we'll spend the night. Together. I usually I'm working. I'm off today, tonight. Thank you. Thankfully. She's like, we'll just chill together. I'm like, great. Cool. All right. No problem. Awesome. And, and that's not one of those, you know, sometimes your significant other will give you like, yeah, I don't, I don't want anything or I'm not, don't do anything for my birthday or, or something. And you know, like you better do something or else it's going to be right. an issue. Right. I've like this one's been trip before. I've fallen for that once. I have to, we all, we all, again. We've all, you know, taken that bait before, right? We all have. But this was one, this one is she's sincere because this isn't the first, we've been doing this for a, for a while where we're like, 
let's save our money for like something cool for a significant anniversary, whatever, you know, with real stuff. So I'm good to go as far as that goes. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Listen, all you guys out there, go, sh- go, go share some love to somebody, man. Somebody needs it from you. Yes. Yes. Guys and gals. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Let's, everybody go do the thing. Go, go. Yep. Who, whoever you thing. love, go show them. And if, and if you and your, you know, partner are, aren't into doing anything night, good for you. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Enjoy it. Have a nice Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple things of note here. Uh, the Phillies pitchers and catchers are, are working out. Uh, they reported yesterday, but it's first workout today. So they're at it full squad. Every most players are already there, but everybody will be there February 19th. So there's that. It's official. Kyle Lowry is a sixer. Uh, it was really just a matter of the you had to get past the 13th or whatever yesterday, and then he could it could become official, but he has signed. And for those of you who care about this stuff, he he uh, Mo Bamba gave him number seven, and Mo Bamba will wear number five. So Lowry is a it was worn seven most of his career. Mo Bamba gave it up to him. I always wonder what what's the exchange? Was Mo Bamba just like, dude, take it, it's all good, or was it like, my man, you know, make it worth my time here, kick me a little something here, come on. That's that, that's that's a good question. Uh, me being me, I'm always going to try to finesse and say, hey, listen, man, look, give me, throw me something, man. Hey, yeah. th- give give me a voucher, give me something, man, <laughs> something. Yeah, you I know got what you. I mean. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're not talking about like two regular working dudes. We're talking Kyle exactly. Lowry's made a lot of money, so you know, break off something for for the guy. Yeah, give me, give me about fifty k. That's 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 more than a bucket for you, man. Exactly. Uh, so the Sixers host the Heat tonight. So Lowry won't play until after the All Star break. So then the All Star break is coming up this weekend. So this is the Sixers' last game before the break. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This Ramona Shelbourne and Woj of ESPN had a piece. Now the, the lead of it was that the golden state warriors reached out to the Lakers about LeBron. And ultimately, obviously it didn't happen. LeBron's still a Laker, but the, in, in the body of the story, as you go down, you see some of the other teams that reached out. And one of the teams that reached out regarding LeBron reportedly was the Sixers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the reported asking price from Rob Palenka, who runs the Lakers, was, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, trade us Joel Embiid. <laughs> and as you could imagine, the conversation was, I'm sorry, what? Oh, okay. Not, hey, nice talking to you, Rob. See ya. Boom. So anyway, that didn't happen. But apparently, Daryl Morey also reached out to Phoenix for, for uh, regarding Durant, uh, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. Wow, he really was shooting, huh? Uh, yeah, so that, what I think is interesting about this is we sort of just assumed, hey, man, he, you know, he made a couple upgrades. Buddy Heald certainly is is one of note and of significance, no doubt. But for the most part, he just kind of laid low. Uh, not really. He was big game fishing, Tone. Like he was he was going after some of the some heavy hitters. So um, yeah. they're they're going for it. And it also here's what it also made me think: they absolutely believe believe Embiid's going to be back. They absolutely believe you're not doing. Like, you know what I mean? I, I get it. You might say, well, they're they're doing this to because they don't think Embiid's. No, I think you want to try to take a run with Embiid and one of these you know, big guys. Yeah, you see, Embiid was playing at an all-time level before he got hurt. Yeah. And obviously, the injury derailed what your plan was, especially, I'm sure, derailed everything at the trade deadline. It made you kind of revamp uh, your game plan. But um, you make a good point, though. When you shoot for guys like that, that tells me you're aiming for 
You're aiming for the championship here. You're taking a run at Boston and Milwaukee and, you know, whomever. Absolutely. But also at the same time, hearing you say those names, I'm thinking to myself, why would any of those teams want to trade either of those players? Unless you're including Joel Embiid or somebody of value or Maxi into the package. I mean, um, maybe he was gauging the market and just seeing, you know, what they were, you know, just gauging the asking price for guys like that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, even though I see the I see the vision a little bit um, overzealous to me. Yeah. Well, you, you know, the old adage, right? I mean, if you don't shoot your shot and, and see where it goes. Hey, so if you don't Valentine's ask, Day, y'all shoot your shot. Right. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And and That's we true. can apply that to Val. Let's let's tie everything into Valentine's Day for the rest. Absolutely, of the show. we're going to have yeah, a lot of no. these puns for you guys throughout the show. By the way, but seriously, like, all right, you know, you you see someone who you think may be out of your league, right? And you're like, eh, uh, why uh, why bother? But then you're like, if I don't bother, I know the answer is no. Mm-hmm. But if you do bother, boom, uh... the rest is history. But anyway, so I, I I thought it was interesting that he was sort of big game hunting there uh and, and trying I respect to it though yeah well yeah that, and that's look i think maury operates in a very covert way like we we think we know things and we don't know everything just because we heard about this doesn't mean he wasn't taking runs at other big names um in the nba but I, i'm telling you man like my first reaction to that was they think Embiid's coming back this is not going to be one of these things where they just sort of play out the string the rest of the year and 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 try and go but um they definitely need to get to the all-star break. Like they're not getting Embiid back after the all-star break right away, but they got to get like Melton and Harris and some of these other guys who were out for tonight. They got to get them back. Batum, they're, they're playing. I mean, Maxie's and Heald are going to have to just carry them tonight against the Heat. Yeah, yeah. And look, the Heat are a team that's still figuring out things as well. But at the same time, you're competing directly with the Heat. I think the Heat are what, in that seventh spot, eighth spot? Yeah, so the standings right now, and I, I agree that the Heat are dangerous. So the standings right now in the East, the first team is the Celtics. They're up six games on the Cavs. Cavs are number two, who the Sixers beat the other night on the road. Then it's Milwaukee, number three. The Knicks are four. Sixers right now are five. They're three games ahead of Indiana, who is six, and they're three and a half ahead of, of the Heat, who are number seven. So the Heat are seven, okay. and then the Magic are eight. Exactly. So when you think about it from that perspective, the Sixers really don't have too much room for error at this point. I mean, you can easily fall out of the playoff race if you string together maybe four or five bad losses. Um, and the Heat, they're right now they're in the play-in spot. They don't right. want to be there. Right. So they're going. So they're going to try to give everything they got to try to you know, try to get that uh, you know that edge over you to try to get that tiebreaker over you. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't know if you saw this story. It is very convoluted, uh, weird. He said, he said kind of stuff. Are you, you familiar with this whole thing with John Feliciano? Yes, and, and Jalen Carter. Carter. Right, right. Yeah, it's um, it's messy. I'll tell All you right. that. So let's start with the, the – so the initial issue, John Feliciano got hurt in the Super Bowl, um, and his substitute who, who came in, um, Spencer Buford. So basically, he, he threw him under the bus. And Feliciano threw Buford under the bus. Yeah. Then, then apologize. Basically said, I, I woke up hungover and acting like a little B his words, not my words, his words. That's what he said. My bad. He apologized to them. 
you know, they, they made up or whatever. I, he was defending. So here's what happened. Somebody ripped uh, McKivitz, the other offensive lineman virally and said, look at him missing this play here. It was on the big play. Do you remember? Um, Are you talking about on, on the, on the trip McDuffie um, blitz? On the Trent McDuffie blitz, which forced Purdy to throw it sooner than he wanted to in an incomplete mm -hmm. pass, which led to a field goal mm -hmm. instead of a touchdown. So somebody went viral and said, this is all on McKivitz. This guy blew the block here who was an offensive lineman for the Niners. So Feliciano trying to defend McKivitz basically said it was Buford, which isn't cool anyway. I know he's trying to defend McKivitz, but you don't do that, period, right? It's just not cool. Right, at all. So he apologized to Buford for that. But the offshoot, Feliciano just kind of kept going. And Jalen Carter, when they played, he claims, his claim, Carter essentially said, I'll kill you, kill you and your family or some nonsense. I, I, who so, knows what? So Feliciano shot at Carter first on, on yes. social media. So who knows what's real, what isn't real? I don't right. I have no idea. But like they they were having like a war of words last night. I'm just looking at this and I'm like, Jalen, stay out of this stuff, man. Yeah, they, the, you don't, don't, even, year. don't feed into him. Yeah, you because had he's no clearly... issues off the field last year, dude. Just stay clean. You know, you don't yeah. need this. Yeah, you got to watch out for a guy like Feliciano. He clearly is a guy that reaches for low hanging fruit. So yeah, um, obviously he's um he's he's bitter, he's um distraught because his 49ers blew a ten point lead in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we know what that's like, man. It's not a good feeling. But welcome to the yeah. club. Um, yeah. but even beyond that, uh, you know, just to start from the beginning, what you said about him calling out his own teammate and then Mister trying to defend the other. Um, I'm look, man. I love when athletes share their opinions, you know, you know, it, it, it takes us, you know, behind the veil, you know what I mean? But at the same time, um, if you're going to share your opinions, know, know how to use your words. And what I mean by that is you are a part of a team. You're a part of a unit. The offensive line has to be the most cohesive unit on the field. Otherwise your team is cooked. And for you to um, try to protect one teammate by dismissing and disparaging another, um, it's counterproductive. And it's low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. Um, honestly, what he should have said was when someone tried to come at his teammate, the simple response is, listen, my friend, you have no idea what the responsibilities were. Right. Okay? So just stay in your lane. Things happen. We gave it everything. We gave it everything we had. It is what it is. Lay off of them. Right? Yeah. You don't You don't try to yeah, defend one guy just, and go at another. Right. It's, 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 it's very easy. And this is what, I, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I believe, like, this – Guys should have to pass some sort of, I don't know, cognitive tests to get on some of these social media platforms. I mean it. Like, it's it's, it's insane. Oh, yeah. uh, to get on social media platforms? It, it's it's insane. It's then insane, there wouldn't be man. anybody on. No, that, but, that's, but, a good, that, that's a good point. I might not even be on. But no, <laughs> I, I agree. The, 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 the very easy answer is, hey, I see I see people ripping, uh, you know, one of my teammates on, on, on social media. Let me just tell you, you have no idea what what is happening on that play and behind the scenes. I can promise you it's not what you think or something right. like, or, and then you're out. Or, or if anything, be self-deprecating and say, look, he was feeling it for me. I'm the one that's not on the field. I'm the one that let the team down. So don't go at him, go at me. You know what I, I mean? Know. There's a way to go about things totally. without going at your other teammate. It's, it's just not a good look. But now he's claiming that he was drunk and hung over, whatever the hell it is. So listen, man, we're all adults here, okay? We're all adults. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, Steve Spagnola, who we talked about quite a bit, you know, mm -hmm. being a worthy candidate for a head coaching, at least opportunity. Uh, the Chiefs have got given him an extension. Um, so he was, um, according to multiple sources, uh, he was a free agent. I didn't even realize this. He he was working on the last year of his deal. Like somebody could could have grabbed him up 
after that Super Bowl ended. And now wow. I don't I don't know that there was even a DC job still to be filled. I don't think there was. But damn, man. Like if I'm a team that really wants to turn it around, I'm throwing a bag at Spags. It's did you hear um I don't remember if we talked about this yesterday. But did you hear about um the uh I think the uh COO of the yes, Rams. The, I, we talked. I, I brought it yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We Kevin talked about Devon, that yesterday. Who's the right. COO of the Rams? Who worked with him when Spags was the coach in St. Louis? He said basically he had no chance there. We were, we were. He was like, we were a mess. And he said a culture there that we still adapt, that we use, still use today. This guy deserves a chance. I, I and I thought it was really a cool thing of a guy in another organization, but. Good news is the Chiefs extended them, and I'm sure they gave them a nice, nice little bump. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. You know the, these these teams, these these owners, they they don't want they don't want coaches with real pedigree in the building anymore. They much rather yeah. have someone they can control. Yeah. So that's probably why we don't see Spags with a head coaching job, and probably never will. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Eagles wise, the big news yesterday was it came down actually during our show was Hassan Reddick he had the conversation with Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report and basically said, I didn't request a trade. And and there is, there's a parsing of the words here that I think mm-hmm. is very critical with this. So there is, there is a big difference. And, and Ian Rappaport, you know, in his initial report was not wrong with what he said. He said the Eagles have given permission to Hassan Reddick's uh, camp to seek a trade. That is different from Hassan Reddick is demanding a trade. Now, Hassan very, came very out yesterday. And said, "Hey, I don't. I never requested a trade. People are interpreting this the wrong way. Uh, it is a business. I, I do. I do want a new deal. Uh, but I, my best two years of my pro career have been spent in Philadelphia. I'm a Philly guy. I consider it home, etc. Um, so we talked about it yesterday, Tone. I here's where I'm at. I, I, I think we put a percentage on it, but I, I'm leaning more towards he comes back. But it is very close to right down the middle for me." that he could very easily go. Where, where are you at with this? Yeah. Um, first, you know, I'm never against a player um, staking their claim or making their position clear, right? Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is have the wrong narrative out there. You're right. He didn't. He may not have requested one, but the Eagles definitely gave your team permission to. Why would they do something like that? Because clearly your team or your representation came to the table asking, where are you guys in the negotiations with my client? And the Eagles responded with their number where they feel comfortable. And obviously, Hassan Reddick and his representation weren't happy with that. So, therefore, the Eagles say, well, in that case, you know, we want you here. But at the same time, we know what you're looking for. And your cap hit is astronomical. We can't really accommodate that right now. This is what we're willing to do. This, How about this? We respect you enough to give you permission to go out there and find someone who is willing to uh, make that, you know, uh, pay that price tag for you. And we'll right. do whatever we can to try to get you there. But until then, this is what we're offering. So to your um, so to your question, what are the odds of uh, Hassan Reddick being back? Where am I? Um, I would say I'm about I'm about sixty forty, maybe 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 fifty five forty five, and the and the and the larger number is with him coming back. So I'm about sixty percent to or fifty five percent to sixty percent um, on the side of him coming back. Uh, because ultimately, you know, there there's a lot of moving parts in this situation. Not yep. only do the Philadelphia Eagles um, or not only does uh, Hassan Reddick and his team have to find a trade partner, they have to make sure that that trade partner and the Philadelphia Eagles can come to an agreement. Yeah, it, it's and, not as simple. they can't come to an agreement, then, you know, it's it's almost null and void. And at that point, Hassan Reddick is still playing on a lame duck contract 
And either he's going to have to renegotiate because the Eagles are not going into the season with that $21 million cap. No. One way or another, they're going to get it fixed. Yeah, he's either getting extended or he's gone. I I think it's a very smart move by uh, Reddick's side. You, you, yeah. you do a couple things. You tell people, hey, I want to be here, man, which you kind of put the onus back on the organization by, by saying, I love it. This is I consider this home. I want to be here. This isn't I'm not disgruntled to the where I'm I'm trying to blow mm-hmm. things up, but I want to be taken mm-hmm. care of. So you put it out there, which is very logical. People can relate to that. But mm-hmm. then the other side of this thing, look, I to me, it, this is very much like last year with Slay. Slay wanted more money. And the Eagles were like, you know, we, we're not going to get crazy here and break the bank for you. But by all means, talk to other people. Please mm-hmm. go ahead. And, and that's what they're telling him to do. And look, if he gets a crazy offer tone and whatever, and that team is also willing to give the Eagles what they want, he's gone. Now, if he goes out there and, and and feels things around, feels it up out there, feels it up. What the heck? All right, it goes it's out Valentine's there. Valentine's Day. I, I know, hey, man. I'm telling slow you. down. Woo. Slow down, Calm there, down man. partner. I got a long way to go here. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he goes out there and gets a sense that the market maybe isn't as robust as he would have thought. Nah. Then you can get him at a lower number. I think no matter what, it, it's going to be redone, right? And I agree with Coach Marcus. Business move by Howie. He's testing the market, of but course. I think that. Because there's no doubt the initial Ian Rappaport leak came from the Eagles. But I, I think it's it's fine. This is just business in the league. Hey, go see what you can get. Go get your value. If you somebody offers you 17, maybe we'll give you 18. And we'll, we'll tack a year on and we'll move the money to up front as opposed to crushing us on the cap. And, and everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah, you, you said something yesterday, I believe. You said something along the lines of this is simply just, you know, off-season gamesmanship between you know the Eagles and Hassan Reddick. This is this isn't anything we haven't seen before. This isn't an anomaly, like you said. This happened last year with Darius Slay, and many organizations go through this. Um, you know, I was I was, I was doing some research, so some research yesterday, and I was just thinking about the guys um, who are making um, you know top dollar, you know, as edge rushers, and the league has to do a better job at differentiating linebackers, edge rushers, and defensive ends because. Yeah. A lot of these guys are bleeding over to other categories, and um, be, what, what they actually provide isn't actually being reflected in their contracts. And it's really confusing for the fans. It's really confusing, um, you know, for us because we have to kind of compare Hassan Reddick to other linebackers. And some people say, "Well, Hassan Reddick is limited at linebacker; he only can pass for us." It's right. like, well, if we're being really honest about ourselves, Hassan Reddick is not a linebacker; he's a DN; he's an edge rusher. I hundred you know percent I mean? agree with you on this. So, you know, so the league has to do a better job of differentiating um, these positions so it can be properly discussed and reasonably discussed. Um, but nonetheless, you know, Hassan Reddick being 29, 6'1", 240 pounds right now, his estimated market value is at fifteen point eight. Current salary is fifteen million. So. Um, that's about um, that's about right as in terms of estimated market value. But when you think about other 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 edge rushers in the league right now making, you know, 17.5 million like Harold Landry with the Titans, um, who's 6'2", 252. Um, Draymond Jones, who's uh, 27 years old, 6'3", 281, 17.1 million. My point is um, what I noticed throughout the market is that a lot of these teams are hesitant. to A lot of these teams don't mind paying the edge rusher big money. If they're not undersized because Correct. of because Hassan Reddick is undersized at the, you know, at the position, I think um, teams are much more hesitant um, to pay them long term big money because we talked about this. Your yep. speed's going to go before your power and your and your size goes. But I'm really curious to see what our guy um, Gary Cobb has to say about this, because you know, yeah. he played linebacker in the NFL. 
And I sure want to get did. his opinion about this. Played linebacker for a long time in the league. All right, let's get a timeout. We come back. We will talk to G. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Reddick situation, what the Eagles do this offseason. We'll hit it all uh, with G, his impressions of the Super Bowl, the whole nine. Uh, when we come back, don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid, family owned since 1985. Uh, Bravo Pizza offers 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza, however you want it. They'll make it. But they don't just do pizza. They do fresh pasta sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610. 610- 446-3810-610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower, 
on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back in, everybody. Rob Ellis, Tony Shield, Sports Take on this Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, one and all. All right, joining us right now, this man played 11 seasons in the NFL, former Eagle, and does an awesome job just breaking all of it down. And you can follow him on Twitter at Gary Cobb, G-A-R-R-Y Cobb. G, what's up, my man? How you doing? Big dog. How you feeling, sir? Doing good. How you all doing? Doing well. good. Now you you were at the Super Bowl. You you were out there in Vegas, man. Yeah, I was out there. You know, I you know uh, because uh, you know some of the things I do with the NFL and everything um, with a lot of really former players. We try to help former players, uh, the young guys that come out. You know, a guy comes in and gets released, and some of them, you know, they uh, might cry for a few few days, <laughs> and they got to get up. They got to get on. So we help guys uh, get their act together and. Help some young players and things when they're having challenges. So, uh, so I go out there. We have uh, big parties and we have all the guys come in and talk to them and let everybody have a good time. And, you know, we, uh, really the NFL does a lot of that. With um, Troy Vincent, really is uh, the head uh, of a lot of things. Those things. In fact, we talked to those about some of the things when uh, I was covering the Eagles in the locker room. But, um, but that's what I was out there for. You know. Uh, get a chance to see everybody and of course everybody's giving their opinion about what's going to happen and you know so it's a, it's a good time because you, you see everybody i mean right there's no telling who you see walk by you you Did know you, you give us like, give us a star sighting give us somebody you saw man a big name ah uh, who would i say um well um usher oh okay. yeah you know usher was he was out there and uh and some of the uh, artists that uh, were on there with him, you know, like I say, at the hotel, you're like, wait a minute, was that Usher? <laughs> yeah, that was Usher just walked by, you know. So um, you see those guys, and then also, call, of course, all of the former players. Right. Uh, you you see some of the guys, you know, that as I, I you know, that I grew up watching as a kid, you know, uh, uh, one of the guys, you know, Jan Stenerud. He was, yeah, the kicker. Yeah, yeah, the kicker was out there, and of course, all of the Kansas City people, you know, right? They're out there and they're making noise, and uh, they came out on top again. My goodness, and and you know, great game, man, Oof. great game. You know, and and you see the pain in the uh, oh. the San Francisco people, boy. That was a painful loss. Yeah, I boy. feel so bad for them. I, I'm I'm still shedding tears for the San Francisco people, but. <laughs> Gee, you, you, you're an historian of this game. Let's just stay there for a minute. You know, what Mahomes is doing, he's got three already, and he's been to four, and he's 28 years old. I mean, just kind of put it in perspective what we're seeing here with this guy. Amazing. You know, I played against one of the guys that uh, they have on that list, which is Montana. Right. 
you know, we went out there. I was playing with Detroit, and, uh, you know, to see Detroit go down again because we were out in San Francisco, 1983. You know, we had a good we had a good team. I mean, we had a good defense, and, boy, we got them beat. You know, I'm the right up back on the field goal team, so I'm, I'm in there. Yeah. Eddie Murray, best kicker in the game. Hmm. All we do is kick this field goal. Bye-bye, San Francisco. You guys are going home. We're marching on. Right. He missed the field goal. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I know, thought you were going to say he, you know, he know, made it. You left my time, to, much time to go down the field. I thought it was going to be yeah, one of those. Days. Yeah, it, no, it, right. that was painful. But anyway, um, yeah. wait, what did you ask? Uh, the, what, what what Holmes is doing now. Just put it in perspective oh, with how. Well, incredible. you know, uh, he's a special player. Yeah. Because he can play the game from the pocket. Mm-hmm. And what he's having to do now is he has to ad lib a lot of plays because, you know, their talent is not, you know, in their receivers isn't as much as it was, of course, when they had the little, that little burner running all over the place. But, um, but you see how he's got that basketball in him because, you know, you know, a a great point guard or, or just a great guy with the ball, who's a great decision maker. That's what he is. He's a great decision maker. So he knows that if I go, I'm going to draw this guy up. I'm going to throw the ball over his head. Or, you know, uh, I, I know where everybody is. He's got like a feel, like he's got eyes in the back of his head. He knows the guy's chasing him over here. I mean, you're going like, man, this guy really ticks me off. You know, if you're playing against him, you're going, man, if I get a good shot, a blindside shot on him, I- I'm knocking him into the ozone somewhere, man. But – he just got a great feel for the game, and you know I got to give the kid credit, uh, Purdy, man. He 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 played well, but he played well, yeah. But Dagon Mahomes was the difference, you know. He he just is able to play both from the pocket, and he got a and he can ad lib, and he does them just as well. And the thing he does, you know, amazingly, he threw an interception. I was going like, <laughs> wow, we need to get a picture of that. He finally put <laughs> in his in the championship game yeah. Yeah. because he takes care of the football. Mm-hmm. He makes the right decision. He's cool under fire the whole time. It just yeah. seems like he, he's got everything in control. Like when they had that fourth down, of course, everybody's sweating. He knows keep the ball, you know, and, and the thing about him is, you know, different than let's say Brady is that he's got the legs. He can run. Brady couldn't run. Right. He can run, and he, he you know, well, we know last year, he killed, he killed the Eagles that. running it. Yeah, he did. I'm like, oh, you yep. know, you want to go in there and get a shot at him, man. But the guy is uh, just a great player. Uh, he's very accurate with his throws. He can throw from the pocket, or he can be on the run. And he's got a great feel for the game. And, you know, I, I know uh, some people don't like Andy and everything. <laughs> But you got to give Andy credit. He saw he saw it in him, and that's why he went after him. And you know, it's a great move. I mean, it's it's a a, um, a franchise making move to get a guy like that, and he can win whatever you need. You can, you know, he's like a cook. You give him whatever you want, and he comes out and he's got great food. He cooks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because because he can win with. You know, where you, you've got, you know, great receivers, but maybe you don't have any receivers. Mm. Maybe the line is a little shaky. You know, maybe you don't have a running game. He seems like he can make up for all of it. And that's why, you know, 
he's definitely going down as one of the best. I, you know, because he makes it look like a piece. It's a piece of cake, and right. everything's on the line. You know, you know the way that stadium was. That that was a great game because mm-hmm. everybody's sitting on the edge of their seats, and it's like he's going like, "Okay, this is my time." He just takes it over. Clockwork like masterpieces. You know, some genius, but he's he's got he's got a great feel for the game. He's got a great arm. He's faster than you think he is. All of it. He just and he he does whatever it is, and, and it looked like it was easy for him for them to march down. They're going like, "This is easy," you know. Mm. That's what it looked like. Uh, they're watching the game, man. And like I said, you know, uh, you you get around him. He's he's a down to earth guy, so he's not tripping. So the guys like playing with him. You know, you don't you don't see all of that when um, you're talking about quarterbacks, and that he's been able to keep it under. I know he's got some crazy stuff going on with his brother and all that. But, um, you know, he's got all the pieces and chances are might have to deal with him again next year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, G. Cobb, it's funny. You said something earlier about, hey, listen, you need somebody that's going to take a shot at him, right? Well, you know, uh, when you think about the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they have a guy on their roster that tends to get a shot on everybody in Hassan Reddick and uh, right now, they're going through a bit of a contract um, debacle. I'm curious to know, just you know, just at face value, uh, what were your um, what were your thoughts when that news came across the wire on Super Bowl Sunday? I wasn't surprised. I mean, you gotta you gotta know the Eagles, and this is where you know. See, you guys haven't been a player when they drafted Nolan Smith. You better believe Hassan Reddick goes okay, because he's very much like Hassan. See, mm. and you see how they really wanted him, and they even talked about having him play behind him and everything. See, so they they really, you know, now now he was really he didn't do as much as they wanted him to, you know, and maybe a lot of people expected a lot more in his first year, but Nolan Smith was their replacement for mm. Hassan Reddick, so they wouldn't have to give him a new contract, you know, and. Uh, right now, because Nolan Smith hasn't done very much, of course, people will make some noise if they were not to re-sign him. Or, well, I, but I, I see, I still see, I think that they see the potential in Hassan Reddick, and they see a lot of Hassan Reddick in Nolan Smith, and that's why they drafted him. And, um, you know, these undersized pass rushers, you see he fits right in that scheme, and so... Uh, I, I wasn't shocked when they said, hey, go ahead and, you know, see what's out there. Because I think in the long term, you know, you're going to get Nolan Smith probably. And um, if Hassan would hold out or anything, I, I don't know that they're going to give on him. Because like I said, you know, and, and really as a player, if you see somebody, <laughs> they draft a guy who is just like you, you know, that's your replacement. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Thinking yeah. At least, yeah. you know, but. We'll see how it goes, but I, I I don't I don't think that they um you know they have a formula and I don't think giving him more money is part of that formula. You know. So, so gee, I guess my follow-up would be if you let him walk, you you're you're gonna be banking on a lot of unproven guys. Nolan Smith got one sack last year. Yeah, <clears> yeah, they know, may draft a guy, but like that's you're, I, I, you're already I don't hurting think on you're gonna defense. let him walk. Um yeah. You already got him signed. 
Yeah, he's got one so, more year left. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's either they get some uh, picks for him or he's going to be here playing. You know, he might not be thrilled about his deal. But I don't, I, you know, I, I, I could see them. Um, now, what they could do is they could give him some money, give him some additional money and, and add some years to his deal. And, and that's probably where they're headed. Um, that's probably where you got the middle ground like that. That's probably what you'll end up doing. But um, I don't think they want to see him go. They know Nolan Smith isn't as far along as they hoped he would be. So, you know, they still need Hassan Reddick. They, they need, I mean, uh, with the disappointment, disappointing year that um, you had on the other side. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to leave, but I think that they are, it's going to get pressed, meaning they're not just going to give in to him, though. Mm. It, it's going to take a while to get resolved. And you see that the pressure is on uh, Hassan. He's going out looking for teams and everything. So, um, but but their their long term plan is Nolan Smith. That's their long term plan. But short term, I think they'll end up working something out where they give them some more money and add a couple you know phony years. You know how to add those phony years at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, G Kyle, I got to ask you this right because I think if we all had to guess, you know, Hassan Reddick is looking for something north of twenty million dollars. I mean, he's been super productive the past uh, four years. He's been really productive in Philadelphia. Um, many believe he's outperformed his contract and, you know, you, you know, you can't really argue with the results. I mean, 11 sacks, 11 sacks in 10 games. I mean, 19 and 19 and a half sacks in 2022. If you count um, regular season and playoffs, dude has been dynamic um, as far as as far as pass rushing goes. But again, north of $20 million, that's Miles Garrett, TJ Watt territory. And I'm curious to know, do you think he's, you know, relatively in that category or close to it? Well, his numbers have been, uh, but, um, you know, you, you guys made a good point, which we're talking about his size wise. He's not one of those big guys and where they look at a guy who um, they feel if he were to lose a step or two, he wouldn't be the same player. So mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be as quick, you know, to give him those kind of dollars. Uh, but I, I would have to say um, he's going to wind up kind of in the middle where they'll give him not quite to the 20 million, but let's say he gets up and he's up in 17. 17.5, you know, where they kind of meet him in the middle. I think ultimately that's what will probably happen um, because, you know, he's not one of those big guys. He's totally reliant on his quickness and speed and everything. And at a certain point that leaves, you know, and I think the they're, they're probably more guarded because of what happened last year, you know, with, uh, with Bradbury, you know, mm-hmm. they see what, well, you know, we gave it's a great Bradbury point the way he fell off. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to be more guarded, probably. You know, with the, with with the guys, and especially if something happens the year before, you know, they they get more guarded, and then let's say after a couple of years, some of the older guys are doing well, then they'll loosen up a little bit. Gee, let me ask you, what, what would be your? Uh, let's just stay on the defense for a minute. What would be your biggest priority for this team in the offseason? Whether it's trade, free agent, draft, what what position are you targeting first? Well, you know, I, I really would like to see, the, you know, I think that they, they um, you know, I, I really tell you, I just kind of fell in love with what I'm seeing with Kansas City and their secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. You mm-hmm. know, um, so I, I would be looking for, you know, uh, guys who are interchangeable, who 
uh, you know, okay. I mean, they, they, they're really safeties, but th that you can ask them to do things and they're willing to go up and hit, you know, and they can run. Uh, I think that's where the league is at now, that you need guys that are interchangeable, but you need those type of guys who can play some corner, but who are willing to tackle. I am just through with guys don't want to tackle anybody. It's, it's, it's tackle football. Mm. And if you look at Kansas City, because they have guys who are willing to tackle, they 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 uh, keep the quarterback guessing. He's not sure what he's throwing into. Uh, they disguise their coverages. They will blitz their corners off the um, off the slot a lot. You know, uh, if they get a chance. And uh, the thing that they're able to do is they can use a multitude of coverages. Uh, and you know, with what the Eagles are going to be playing defensively. You know, you need guys that are in the secondary that are willing to tackle. So uh, I would be looking at, you know, they probably are going to be looking at the corner position. They would like to have somebody out there that is a special player that they can leave out there and be comfortable. Uh, at the same time, they want to, um, I would want to get uh, talent at the safety position. You know, guys who are interchangeable. That's the big thing I'd be looking for, those interchangeable guys who are willing to tackle. And um, uh, because if I look at the uh, D-line, you know, they've invested a lot in that D-line. So I, I, I think corner now because they know Slay is, is get, doesn't have much time left. Uh, I don't know about Bradbury, whether he'll be back or not. So I'd say corner is probably where they're going to go at the top of the draft. But I, I still would like to see them get some quality uh, safeties, um, you know, uh, get guys that are, multi-talented and interchangeable because really now they come up and they're playing linebacker too at times, you know, but you got to have guys that can run, who can cover and are willing to tackle, mm. uh, you know, I, and I am really want to see them improve on that because I saw times last year where the Eagles, the Eagles secondary, other than Mary, uh, who 32, uh, Blankenship and, you know, and Blankenship Brown were the two guys who were willing people. to hit. Yeah. Maybe a couple other guys. Guys not really want to tackle. Look, as much as I like Slay, you know, I know you don't want to be called Darius and all that. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't call you Darius. You'll be willing to tackle, man. You, you got to tackle. That's part of the game. You got to tackle people. Business decisions, G. Business. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point, G. Kyle. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. You know, when you think about all the needs the Philadelphia Eagles have on that side of the ball, right? You know, you, it obviously makes you think about, you know, Hassan Reddick, you know, them, they can't dedicate but so much money to him because they know they have to really fill out, uh, you know, really fill out that defense. You know, because of this contract negotiation with Reddick, you know, we have to consider the fact that he may not be here and, you know, in the season. So let me ask you this. I know we talked about Nolan Smith, but who outside of Nolan Smith, who in your opinion has to step up in such a way where this Philadelphia Eagles defense can be built around them? Who has to be the bona fide game wrecker? the bona fide closer on this defense going forward if Hassan Reddick is to leave the building? I don't know what happened last year with Josh Sweat. I was very disappointed in him. You know, I, I he was a guy who uh, we didn't we didn't hear enough from him. Now, he plays the entire game. I like the, the previous years in the fact that he plays the run and the pass. Yeah. Uh, but he's very dis – I was very disappointed in him last year. I don't know whether he was hurt or whatever it was, but if, if I were the GM – uh, Josh Sweat and I will have a talk. We got to have a conversation. Yeah. Close the door, you know. Uh, you know. Well, you know, G. Cobb, real quick. I mean, he yeah. had he, this year. 
he had a career high in snaps. I think he had about 850 snaps, and he typically hangs around that 600 range, yeah. 600 low 700 range. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think the lack of depth really really took a toll on him, especially this season. It, it probably did, but uh, you know he he just the drop off, you know. Yeah. And maybe maybe you're right um, that they need to watch that uh, more carefully, and and that means you know you get um, Smith and some of those other guys on the field. But um, got to get a better year out of uh, out of Josh Sweat. Agreed. Um, you know, we'll see what's happening with Hassan Reddick. Of course, you'd love to have him back, and I, and I think they'll probably be able to work it out. I don't think that there are going to be people all over the league coming after Hassan. You talk about twenty million. You know, even though it, you know if he could find somebody, you know, I've seen you know the GMs do that. Um, but we'll see how that works out. But they, they got to get. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking, you know, trying to think of who else comes on. Well, you know, it's really uh, the the big boys inside. We, I would have meetings with them too. You got to get more out of them. You know, they got to come in in better shape. You're expecting them to be leaders of the defense. You know, they got to talk to them about that. That they need them. Look, we didn't draft you guys in the first round because we wanted you guys to just be out here standing around. We, we don't want you on the side. When the game's on the line, we expect you to be in the game and we expect you to be making plays. That's why we brought you here. We didn't bring you here to stand around. And I'd have the same talk, you know, with Nolan Smith. They got to push these guys. They got to grow up. And they've got to step in and, and they've got to start taking positions because you don't know what's going to go on with Fletcher Cox. You know, he might be gone. They got to assume his position. It means he's got to step up. When the game's on the line, you guys got to be making plays. You don't be looking for somebody else to. You are the one. I mean, you're a number one pick. So they got to have some those kind of conversations with those players. And, you know, a good organization will have talks with guys and that they are, you know, and they have been growing. And, you know, Fletcher, I've seen him talking to them and everything. Hopefully they have listened to what he was saying and they're ready to grow up and assume a position of leadership, you know. And that means you start off, you know, really nobody wants to hear what you have to say if you're not making any plays. Mm -hmm. So you got to make some plays in order to say anything, because if you're not making any plays, everybody say, man, shut up. You ain't doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, so they got to they got to start up and they got to they got to start stepping up. Me, and, you know, I'm talking about, uh, you know, Jalen yeah, um, Carter Davis. Yeah. Uh, Nolan right. Smith. Yeah. Nicobe Dean. We got to hear from those guys. They got to step up because that's why they were brought in here. They're supposed to be, you know, the elite and they got to start playing like the elite. They got to step into positions, and that's why if um, if uh, Hassan Reddick were to go, Nolan Smith, that's why we brought you here. I don't know what you're looking at. You're looking. You got to. You got to assume we want you coming off that corner. Yeah. You know, mm. and um, that's the way it is. Like when I was out there at the Super Bowl, this is the way the guys talk. This is the way. You know, unfortunately, I don't have any rings. The guys that have rings. This is the way their organization is, you know, uh, you know, guy I played with at USC, Ronnie Lott. Now, this is the way it was at USC. When somebody left out, they talked about that. And, and he talked about the way it was with the Niners. That's the way it was. Meaning like we, we're not aiming. Look, we brought you in. Here. We didn't bring you in here just to be standing around, you know, and they start you start getting on that. The, the teammates, the other leaders on the team start getting on that guy if he's not stepping up and realizing this is why we brought you in here, and the guys got the talent, but some guys need to be pushed. Mm. Gee, let, let me ask you, guys. Um, how big a fix, <clears throat> excuse me, in your opinion, is Jalen Hurts? Is, is it just tweak 
Is it a little bit more of an overhaul? What do you think about getting him back on track like he played in 22? Well, you know, I, I think that unfortunately it, um, you know, the, the, uh, the move last year, you know, uh, with the uh, offensive coordinator and everything, you know, all that didn't work out and everything. And, you know, Jalen had a tough year and I really blame um, Nick for that because I, I don't think they prepared and realized that everybody was looking at them and everybody was working all off season to stop them because they had a big year. And if you are the, the, the team that it goes to the Super Bowl. Everybody circles you. They're going to make sure we got to beat these guys. We got to stop what they're doing. So they didn't really make it. They weren't ready for the adjustment. And then when they made the adjustment, they're going, they've adjusted. Hello? <laughs> Hello? What? What? You know. But so uh, this time around, you know, they've got to, um, you know, see how, what do they want out of Jalen? They need to be telling him. And, you know, of course, Kellen Moore is going to be the one kind of working with him. You know, do they want, you know, to continue to run, you know, the um, the RPO style of, of offense? Or are they going to get away from that? Uh, are, are Do they think they can develop uh, Jalen to the point to where he's taking the check down? He hasn't gotten into that field where he will just take what the defense gives you and he's patient. And uh, he could just play in the game from the pocket. You know, do they want to have him just playing the game from the pocket or how much running do they want him to do? Chances are they want they want him to still continue to use his legs because it's a weapon which you really can't game plan for, you know. And so they still have that there, but they've got to be able to expand the offense to where they have certain things they can go to regardless of what the other team is doing. And, and there are things they can go to. And, you know, for, for instance, in uh, in the Super Bowl, that dog on Andy Reid ran the same play that beat the Eagles. He ran mm -hmm. the same play mm -hmm. against it was the Corn dog. Corn dog, he calls it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where they fake motion across and these stupid DBs, uh, not all DBs are stupid. A lot of them are. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? You guys take your eyes off of the guy that's going in motion. And then when you take your eye off him, he goes back and is wide open. They throw the ball to him. Everybody starts celebrating. Same play. The Eagles messed it up twice where the guy's wide open. And then you have a situation where the doggone 49ers do the exact same thing. And with the whole season on the line, they run the same play, and the guy is still just as open. Uh, but what they've got to do is uh, the Eagles have got to decide on what they want Jalen to do. And they've got to, um, I guess, Kellen and Jalen need to be meeting now. Mm -hmm. They probably are. And decide what they want to do. And Jalen's got to give input. He's going to ask him what he likes. What do you like out of these series of plays? How do you like this? You know, they could look at other quarterbacks, other offenses, and borrow things that they're doing. But Jalen's got to give his input. And, uh, you know, they need, they need a, be a much better season out of him. And you know, they're going to be communicating. And so uh, Jalen um, is going to be given all of his uh, input. And those two are going to have to work together. And they're going to have to do a lot better than he did with Brian. Mm. So that, that's going to be – that's this uh, this whole franchise is really dependent on that. Yeah. You know, G. Cobb, real quick, if I, if I could sneak this in, right, you know, you kind of said something really interesting, the fact that they need to decide what they want from Jalen Hurts. Do you think that was – Pretty much the problem in 2023, the fact that it seemed like he was kind of 
stuck between a rock and a hard place. He seemed hesitant to run, but at the same time, he was trying to run. But then it just seemed like the offense was very torn between who they wanted to be, and they really couldn't establish their identity, hence why the league kind of caught up with them. Well, you know, uh, you know, I don't know everything I feel. like, But when I'm looking at organizations, you know, I feel this probably was between Jalen and Nick Sirianni. Mm. See, because Nick Sirianni was really the one ultimately saying, okay, do this and do that. Even he could step in and um, overrule Brian Johnson, you know, uh, he, he, he could do that. And so I think that the, that the Jalen got to the point where he did not like that offense, did not like, there were too many uh, strict things. You see that they did not adjust well to the blitz. You could see him over there on the, on the bench. And I've seen guys like that. He was pissed. Mm-hmm. He was angry at what they were doing, and I think they lost him. And with losing him, I think you lost the whole team. You know, they, mm. the guys weren't really on board with uh, with what they were doing, and with with the way things were, with the poor adjustment to blitz, no adjustment. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. How, how could everybody? Why is everybody going downfield? And they got a free blitzer coming, and and, and he's running for his life. You know. Um, He's got to do a better job of, of somehow communicating to, to the uh, coaches, but they, they've got to do a better job. They got to get him on board. I don't think last year, I think they lost Jalen Hurts where he really didn't believe in what they were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. That was all his body language over on the bench, everything. It's like he, he wasn't happy with the offense. And I can that's understandable, but you got to do a better job of communicating, meaning they got to sit down and talk it out. And you got to do things that he's happy with. And it's got to be effective. It's not working. Uh, you lose everybody. And I, I don't think uh, the, the the receivers were really crazy about it either. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that's probably um, some of the people that uh, that the, the Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman probably met with those guys because they're really the core of the team. They're, they're more the core of the team than Nick Suriani is. You know, Jalen, A.J. Brown, um, and, of course, the uh, – Devontae, yeah, yeah, Devontae. They're the core of the team, you know. And then you could throw in, uh, you could throw Dallas in there too. Um, you got to meet with those guys, and if they're not happy with what's being done, then you got to change it. And I, that's probably what happened. Gee, last one for me. On you, you brought up Ronnie Lott, and you you were a great player at USC. Just for people who may not know, throw some names out there, guys you played with at USC. Like you, you played with some heavy hitters, man. Like mm. Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and they were they were all at the Super Bowl, and so that's why you know it's kind of yeah, like yeah. a reunion when they go there. Of course, Ronnie was on the team. Uh, Anthony Munoz, mm. you know Marcus Allen. Oh, you know those 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 are the three. You know those guys. Um, of course, all uh, Hall of Famers and everything. But you know Clay Matthews was on the team. You know uh, his brother uh, Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Yeah. Um, damn, that's a lot of Hall of Famers, man. Yeah, yeah, we 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 had a we had a we had a great great team. We had some great players, and the big thing though is that um, nobody was babied when you came in there. Everybody tell you, look, you better get in line and do your job. Uh, the older guys would tell you, and you know you you build that system, and that's what has to be there if you want to win. And on the pro level, it's the same way. You have to have guys who are willing to. Uh, put the team first, and and yet they're going to be responsible for making sure they know what they're supposed to do. They're ready to do their job. Uh, if they have to play injured sometime, they're capable of doing that. You know, and everything is about winning. It's not about uh, 
you know, everything else is going to come along with it if you do win. So, right. you know, you have that kind of environment. But but we had a lot of guys. Some of the guys I probably don't even uh, don't even mention as much, but we had a lot of uh, of great players that um, played on there. I know uh, Dennis Smith. Like, in fact, when uh, Marcus was recruited in his freshman year, they brought him in. He was a safety. And um, we couldn't – there's no way he could play, though, because we uh, Dennis Smith, who played for years with, with Denver, Denver yeah. he was one of the safeties, and Ronnie Lott was the other one. So we're going like, well, you're not going to beat either one of those guys out. So let's see. we got to find a place for you to play. And he okay. played fullback, right? Yeah. In the beginning. They, they, he's they, not they, built they, like He played fullback. fullback because they yeah. let they get some snaps. They got some snaps in it. And then eventually, of course, he moved on to tailback. Yep. Mm. Uh, but originally we came here, he, he couldn't play. We didn't have any place for him to play. And uh, that's where, you know, uh, a lot of the guys were there where we had great players backing up other great players. And, um, you know, the guy would have to wait his turn. And, that ain't and happening now, man. The guys would have been transferring left and right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah you're right. The guys are transferring <laughs> all over the place and everything. Uh, but, you know, we think back, of course, when you go to the Super Bowl, we're – telling jokes and laughing and everything and yeah. uh, having a good time and everything. Uh, but uh, you, you really uh, appreciate a lot of the guys you play with. And, you know, cause I've sat back and go, man, I never knew, man, that gone such and such was, you know, as good as he was, you know, yeah. and, and, and he blossomed. The, the guy kept working and, you know, became even better player than he was when he was there with us. So that you, you, you uh, take your hat off to those guys, you know, and of course they're all walking around with their, uh, with their gold jackets, you know, they, they, uh, but, but they're, they're good guys and everything. So we have, we have some good laughs and talking and stuff and, uh, seeing how everybody's doing. So I, you know, I always, uh, enjoy going to a Super Bowl cause you see those guys and, and, uh, have some laughs and everything. And then we kind of have a, a text group where, you know, we're talking about during the game, you know, guys are talking uh, on the phone and stuff. So we, we have a good time, good guy, a good time together. And a lot of those guys are just as good a people as they were football players. That's right. what you you really appreciate about them. You know, good yeah. people. No, yep. Gee, so are you, man. We appreciate a couple yeah. minutes. Uh, as always, Thank follow you. him at Gary Cobb uh, on Twitter. Catch him on Fox doing his work as well. Gee, thanks for, for a couple minutes, man. Thank you, My sir. We appreciate you as always. Uh, yes, right. sir. I, had, I ran into some, you know, Eagles fans out there, of course. They still got <laughs> the Eagles stuff on and everything. Did, yes. yeah. uh, hey, right, we Gee. will return. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right, sir. G, be good. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you, sir. That is G Cobb uh, right there. Good insights from G as always. Always, always. always. We're going to come back. We're going to look at strengths, weaknesses, and questions uh, for the Eagles this season. We'll do that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, time for me to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be so, so challenging, right? And I found the right person, and that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And you know, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're trying to get employee benefits off the ground, or if you're just not sure about something, Jim is the per perfect person to talk to. He can help you with any of those. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Tony Fields, Rob Ellis on this hump day. It's also Valentine's Day. So we get the double dip there. Uh, all right, we just wrapped up. The <laughs> Wait, hold on one second, Rob. <laughs> What's today again? Hump Day, Valentine's Day. It's a little combo. It's it's, yeah. it's a hell of a combo. Hump Day and Valentine's You're right. Day, right? Hump Day and Valentine's Day do go together. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully for you. Yes. Oh, told you guys it's not ending. We're, we we got a bunch of Valentine's Valentine's Day puns for you guys. Make sure you uh, stay We're tuned. Far from done. Yeah, stay tuned. You can't go anywhere. Um, all right, just wrap things up with G. All right, look, so Tony, I looked at strengths, weaknesses, and question marks. So it's pretty obvious, pretty self-explanatory. The things you feel really good about, the things that you say, oof, and the things you say, eh, maybe, uh, as far as the Eagles go. So here's what I have for strengths, and tell me if you agree or disagree, okay? I'm still going to put offensive line in the strength category, even though we're kind of on hold here with Kelsey. I Correct. still feel like it, there'll be a good offensive line even without him. 
Um, will they be better with Kelsey? Yes, but still good without him. Then I go receiver. I mean, for obvious reasons. I don't think we need to expand much on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. We know what they are, okay? Dallas Goddard, if healthy, is a good tight end. And I'm still putting Jalen Hurts in there, at quarterback, even though there are things that have to change, things that have to improve. And, you know, G was just talking about it. He puts mm-hmm. a lot of the onus on Jalen's struggles on the coaching staff last year, in particular Nick Sirianni. Anything I'm missing there or any of those that you would disagree with? O-line, receiver, tight end, QB. Am I missing anything? Oh, you know what? Special teams, now that I think about it. Just special teams in general, I I will put in that category as well. Um, You raise a good question. O-line, receivers, tight end, quarterback, special teams. Um, Pretty much you named two groups out of the three. (laughs) They don't have a defense. (laughs) But um, I think I would tend to agree with you. Uh, here's one thing I will say about the wide receiver position. They're top heavy. They have two guys and no one else. So although from a from a starting 11 standpoint, um, yeah, they're good at wide receiver. But they need more depth there. They need to find a legitimate number three receiver who, who thrives in that role, who knows how to maneuver in that role, who knows how to get open and make himself available and catch the ball. Um, not just somebody who claims to have track speed and can't come down with the ball. Um, uh, t- uh, you, you said it with Dallas Goddard. Although, when healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the league when you're using him. Um, he's rarely healthy for a full season. For the past two seasons, you, you've, you've only gotten 12 games out of him. Right. You know, some people say, well, you know, he the guy, it was a dirty hit on his arm. He broke his arm. Uh, listen. It is what it is. It happened. He got hurt. It is. I, I, first of all, I don't care how you got hurt. If you're missing five games, two seasons back to back, you're a liability at this point. Yeah, so, and it feels like it's it's been every year of his career. It feels yeah, that way. So. yeah, yeah. So so like again, like when healthy, I, I don't question Dallas Goddard's skill set at all when healthy. But this is the NFL. Health is the number one priority. Yep. If you can't be on the field, I don't care what you got available. You know, we, you know, Patrick Mahomes is tremendous. If Patrick Mahomes was never available, well, you know what we'd be talking about, right? So again, health is wealth. And uh, a lot of these guys depend on their health to increase their wealth. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think you pretty much nailed their strengths. Special teams really uh, took it to another level this year. Uh, Britton Covey um, helped them in a return game. Braden Mann really stepped up. Um, truly, truly was um, an improvement from your favorite player, Aaron Sipos. And, um, you know, I know you're going to get to the we- I know you're going to get to the weaknesses next. But man. Uh, you know, Let's go question marks next. Okay, question marks. Let's do it. Let's go question marks. All right, here's where I'm at with question marks. Defensive line. I think there's talent there. I, I think there's guys that are capable of being way better. Josh Sweat, uh, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, if Reddick comes back, and that, that's why that falls into a question mark because we don't know if he's going to be coming back. I think the defensive line could be good or what? how it ended last year is who they are now. So that that's is point. very much in question right now for me. That's that's a really good point. I, I I love I love how you're framing it too. Strengths, then the question marks, and then we're going to go to the weaknesses. I like that because ultimately with the D line, you see the talent, but it's like, damn, what happened to it when it mattered most? So yep. you have to look at him and still have questions, especially with Hassan Reddick, um, potentially being on the trade block. Um, then you got Jordan Davis, a guy that who we were pretty high on coming out of the draft. Um, we all fell in love with him, especially on that, you know, at that combine. But here, the fact of the matter is, you don't win, you don't win games at the combine. Um, the combine isn't really a true barometer of a guy's on-field potential. 
And so far, Jordan Davis has only been really, really giving us about eight games, eight or nine games of real strong um, DT play. And um, the rest of it is pretty much either him hurt or it's been a dud. So uh, Jordan Davis, in my opinion, there's there, there's more pressure on Jordan Davis than anybody on that defense. Um, yeah, and then beyond that, right, the linebackers, the linebackers clearly a weakness. Well, yeah, I, so, okay, be, beyond that, I have um... – I, I gave here's what I gave you. Like w- w- I gave you certain guys like um, Nicobe Dean. You're right on about that. Z- Zach Cunningham, whatever. Uh, Reed Blankenship, I find to be a question mark guy. He may be able to play, he may not. He was only in his first year as a starter last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went really heavy into the coaching staff, Sirianni and the new coordinators, because we just don't know if they're the right choices for the personnel that they have, if they're going to do well here, mm-hmm. if Nick can get this thing back on track, we've seen him have a ton of success, but we know it ended very poorly. So Sirianni, I think falls into question mark category. I think if we're being fair, yeah, I think he does fall into the question mark category. If, you know, if we're being fair to him, um, you know, we all have our own individual opinions about him, but you know, we always tend to fall back on someone's resume when uh, you know when things call into question, and you know when you have back to back to back seasons, three years in a row, being in the playoffs, it has to count for something, right? You know everything collapsed, right? But you know eleven wins have to count for something. Again, I have my own opinions about Nick Sirianni, but if I'm being completely objective, and um, if, if 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 I'm considering his resume, yeah, it is a question mark. Um, I still question his ability to lead this team. Yeah, I still question if he has the respect of his peers and the respect of his players. Um, I question if he even has respect of himself because he's in a situation where he has almost no control over the outcome and he's kind of just rolling with the punches and he was forced to fire people that he cared about. He was forced to fire someone who was in his own wedding mm-hmm. because he wanted to keep his job. So uh, right now, look at Nick Sierra as a guy that I don't really know. I don't really know what my expectations are from him. As of right now, he looks like just a fill-in guy. But, you know, ultimately we'll see. But I think I think ultimately you're right. He's a question mark. Some people like him. Some people don't. Some people think he's better than what he is. Some people think he's worse than what he is. Mm. You're never as good as your best season. You're never as, you're never as bad as your worst. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So all, all, I would put those guys in there. Anybody else would fall into question category for you? Because there's, there's a good amount of weakness. But anybody else fall mm. into the question part for you? Um... I think Sidney Brown is a question because I see a guy who has all the physical tools that I like at the position. Mm-hmm. I see a guy who has all the instincts that I like at the position, like the mentality, right? Just mm-hmm. that, that head hunter mentality. Yeah. Um, he wants to lay the wood down on anybody. He doesn't care who you are. Um, you, we saw throughout the season where he, you know, he, he got caught up jaw jacking with a couple guys who, you know, who some many deem as veterans or big time players, but he doesn't care. And I like a guy like that. He plays mm-hmm. fast, plays downhill. Um, Obviously, can use a little bit of refinement, but if you can hone that, if you can focus that, you know, I think I said, I think I made this analogy or metaphor to you um, months ago. Um, I kind of compared Sidney Brown to Cyclops from the X Men. You know, he he has a lot of power. One of the most powerful mutants, one of the most powerful players, you know, that we've seen on the field. But without those goggles, Cyclops, he he can't control it. He, yeah. just, he, he, he just runs amok. He's dangerous to everybody. He's a liability to his team. If you can find a way to hone Sidney Brown's ability, if you can find a way to, you know, to 
focus, that energy that he has, I think Sidney Brown could be a truly, truly tremendous player for the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, am, you know, am I overselling it? Am I overcooking it? Some people may feel that way, but I, I look at the guy and I, and I just love the intensity he plays with. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of I really feel like for him, just not blowing himself up, you know, and getting hurt and staying on the field because he is uber aggressive. I, I just hope he can stay on the field, man. Uh, I call that man a mutant. I'll tell you what else. Speaking of that, yeah, and I knew it, and I said it to you when I said it. It is being now stolen by others. Okay, my Kyle Shanahan is Andy Reid in Philadelphia is now being taken by everybody nationally and locally in Philadelphia. I said it first and I never do that kind of thing, but I did. So now it's being incorporated by everybody. So just for the record, anyway, I'll, I'll keep moving. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter. Uh, all right. So in the, in the weakness category, the defense, the defense stunk last year. They stunk yeah. in points given up. They stunk in third down. They stunk in taking the ball away. They stunk. Yeah. Okay. They stunk. So the defense, you know, isn't questionable or whatever. It's bad, man. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. The defense was just, it was putrid. It was abysmal. Yeah. It was a disappointment. It was every negative adjective you could probably think of. Right. Um, unreliable. <laughs> um. We were duped. We thought this defense would actually get better as the season went, but little did we realize they shot their load at that ten and one record mark. Mm -hmm. um, they maxed out, and it didn't help when you changed the defensive coordinator in week what fourteen, thirteen. A hundred percent. It was it a desperation it, it move that looks worse now. Clear sign of desperation, and when, when it happened, my first instinct was, uh, "I don't like this." But we all try to make sense of it. We all try to say, okay, well, what's their angle? Okay, maybe the change is needed. Okay, the side's not doing a stellar job. But when you think about it, when you take a few steps back and you really look at it overall, you say to yourself, well, we're gauging him against the night, we're gauging him from the Niners game and the right. Cowboys game. And those two teams were two of the hottest teams in the NFL. And is it really fair to just throw them, throw them to the wolves after those two matchups? Right. Good teams lose to good teams all the time. We saw that we saw the Niners get smacked by the Ravens. We've seen that. We've seen that. We've seen the Lions get crushed by the Ravens. Mm -hmm. You know, we you know we we we've seen that. So, how much how much can we really indict Sean Desai, a new defensive coordinator with uh with a defense that's still figuring it out? Nonetheless, they panicked. That's exactly what it was. Maybe they don't want to admit that, and they never will. But they panicked. Mm -hmm. You know, I know they say it was Nick Sirianni's decision. It wasn't. It was Harry Roseman's decision. Yeah. Uh, but again, that defense has so much, so much to clean up, not just from a personnel standpoint, but also just from an execution schematic standpoint, a mentality. I mean, they need a mentality shift. Like G Cop said, not enough guys, not enough guys in that back seven want to lay the wood. Not enough guys in that back seven want to hit Very and get true. physical. You know, I was watching that Super Bowl, man, and I'm seeing a guy like Trent McDuffie, who's small, under six foot one, under six feet. He's going toe to toe with Trent Williams undercutting him, you know, getting tackles for loss or or limiting Christian McCaffrey from um, limiting Christian McCaffrey from breaking big runs. I mean, Trip McDuffie is a man out there. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So they need more guys like that, guys who aren't afraid to get physical, guys who aren't afraid to really um impose their will on the opposing uh, on the opponent. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 the other thing is and you um aside from the defense, which is the big one, but you touched on it uh as well. There's so little depth here on this team. And I know it's hard to have depth in a salary cap age. 
But even by by this day and age standards, their fall off from their first two receivers, their fall off from their first tight end, their fall off on the edge. The running back position. The running back position is terrible. 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 And this is where you got to do a better job drafting late. This is where you got to do a better job of cultivating cheaper free agents on the market to give yourself a chance. A.J. Brown goes down, and it's it's the, it's the Devontae Smith show by himself. Mm-hmm. That can't be the case. Got to give him some help, man, because teams are just going to basically say we're taking we're taking Devontae away from here on out. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles, as of right now, are top heavy, and uh, this is on Harry Roseman. This is where Harry Roseman comes into play, right? He has to do he has to be better at his job. You know, he's he sometimes he's able to skate by without criticism. No, Harry Roseman has to be tremendously better at his job, especially this offseason. All that. You know, good season, bad season. No, I'm, 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 I'm over that, man. Stabilize the position. Stabilize this roster. Stabilize your salary cap. You know, stabilize your own role, man. Try to be more consistent. Um, if you struggle at evaluating certain positions, let the smart people make the decision, and then you just pull the trigger, right? Like, th- this is the problem I have at times. You know, with this front office, especially Harry Roseman, I feel like you know he, he he's great at. Understanding pro personnel, understanding value. He's a great deal maker, um, great at uh, manipulating the cap and setting up contracts so it doesn't destroy your salary cap. He's tremendous at those things, and all those things have tremendous value in this league. We see teams right. that are eighty million in a hole, forty million, sixty million in a hole, right? Like the Bills or like the um, like the Saints, right? The Cowboys, I think, are in the financial in the financial hole as well, if I'm not mistaken. So being able to manipulate the cap and really understand contracts and, and things of that nature is tremendously valuable. Mm-hmm. But if it's not a DT or if it's not an offensive lineman, Harry Roseman doesn't know football when it comes to the draft. He can't draft corners. So far, we don't know what Sidney Brown's going to be, but as of right now, he can't draft safeties. Um, He can't draft linebackers. You drafted mm-hmm. Devion Taylor in the third round. He's not even in the league anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Right. right. Um, N'Kobe Dean, we don't know. N'Kobe Dean, we have no idea what he is. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, has he has he, he hasn't drafted any legitimate edge rushers ever? I mean, uh, we don't we don't know. Well, what sweat. Is. sweat. I mean, a sweat's a, a sweat's an, sweat. a, an end, but he I, I know what sweat. Yeah, sweat. Yeah. He he found he found him in the fourth round. That's true. I'll yeah. I'll give him the, I'll give him that guy. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's no there's no consistency there. Sweat was drafted in 2018, Rob. That's we're true. We're in 2020. We're in 2024. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, you know, ultimately we don't know what Noah Smith's ceiling is as of right now, but he's undersized. Um, Harry Roseman has a has a uphill uphill battle this offseason. And the future of this Philadelphia Eagles team, at least for the next uh, couple years, or at least through the window of the Jalen Hurts contract, um, I think it hinges I think it hinges a lot on this offseason. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh all right, let, let's get a timeout. When we come back, we're gonna dive into tone. Since uh, it is Valentine's Day, love. You got me something. Well, did you get me something? You know what I got you? I got you uh, the next segment. You're welcome for that. <laughs> love and sports hate. Now, before we mm. ever somebody loses their mind, oh my god, hate. We're talking about sports hate people. That they're, they're it, they could be very good individuals. We just sports hate them. Okay, so we're gonna do love. And sports hate. Don't you think sports have completely just just misrepresented or misused the word hate? It gets thrown around so loosely. 
and haters, was, haters become such an overused term. Even if you're yeah. if you're critical of something, you're hating that. It's like, no, I don't hate it. I just don't like this, or I think they got to get better yeah. at that. I'm not a hater, right? Hate yeah. is such, I, growing up, I was taught that hate is a strong word, and you never sure. use it unless you really, really mean it. Me and we're in a generation now where people just vomit at the mouth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So what we're gonna do when we get back is we are gonna do love, sports hate. Okay, we'll do that when we come back, and we'll I'll throw some names at you. All right, mm. and you tell me if you agree or disagree. We'll do all that. Okay. When we return, don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob on this Valentine's Day. Let's talk about proaction restoration. Uh, if you have a home business or property that you own and you've gone through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, you know how challenging that can be. You're not really sure who to turn to. Well, I have the people. It's proaction restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Now, I've gone through it personally. It happened to me in my house. I had water damage. They fixed the problem first and foremost so it wouldn't happen again. Then they went about you know, drywall, uh, fixing the ceiling, uh, new carpet, which are all the things that I needed because of the damage that occurred. And they worked in conjunction with my insurance company, which is huge. It's, a, it's another you know, headache that you don't need. Uh, ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. And they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. And again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, could be something else. If you're not really sure how to handle it, they know how. All right, give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line 
So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Wednesday, a.k.a. Hump Day, a.k.a. Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Card, Chocolate, uh, Restaurant Day, however, depending on how you view it. Um, All right, so looking at some love and sports hate. I'll throw Philadelphia at you first, and then I think we could broaden our horizons a little bit here, Tony. All right, let's start. Oh, slow down, Rob. All right, so here we go, right? Uh, I think an obvious one with Philadelphia is Jason Kelsey, right? I mean, as far as guys playing right now, there is no question about it that he falls into the love category, right? Oh, man. It's a a love fest. Did you see him partying with the Ray Mysterio mask next to the DJ Marshmallow out there with a... Yeah, that picture of him him and Marshmallow were just classic. It was classic. Hilarious, man. He gets after it. He can go hard. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know that he was all game in the suite all probably before that, and then mm-hmm. all night afterwards, man. Kelsey can go. He can yeah, go. I've, I've I've partied with guys like that, and uh, he's he's a rare breed, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a rare breed. He sure is. All right, um, I'm not necessarily ranking these. I'm just giving you guys who I think fit the category. Right. I don't know one person. I'm serious, man. Who has ever said a negative word? about Tyrese Maxey. In fact, when you say his name to people, they light up. They people, yeah, people, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you know, right. like, he's one of those guys, it's not just like, yeah, man, I, I like Maxey. It's like, oh, dude, Maxey. Like, the guy's a joy. They use words like joy, uh, you know, when you talk yeah. about the way that, that he plays and, and the attitude. Like, it does go to show you attitude is a lot of in life, if you have that. And he that guy's unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, Maxey's like the perfect player for – and I don't mean any disrespect about this, but he's like the perfect player for the kids. Like the kids love Tyrese Maxey. They love his energy, love how jovial he is. Um, he's super welcoming to the fans. Um, I think there was a fan recently that was just like crying her eyes out when they met him. And I saw that was all. It was in um, Cleveland the other night. It was dope, man. Uh, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is just a, a dope dude, man. Like when you hear him talk about the game, when you hear him talk about his teammates, just his upbringing, the way he was raised, um, the way he carries himself as a player, as a professional. Um, as a man, 
you know, as a son, you know what I mean? He's he's always talking to he's always talking to um his, his mother, his dad, comes from yeah. a two-parent household, things like that. So, you know, we think about it like that, man. You know, Maxie is literally somebody that's so so easy to root for. Um, I'm definitely a Tyrese Maxie guy. It's funny. Every time the Sixers are playing, my wife and I was like, Hey, hey, is, is Maxie playing? I'm like, hey, relax. All right, relax. <laughs> yeah, he's playing, but relax. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, here's what I what it strikes me as with him too. I he, I find him to be a very grateful guy. Like I, yeah. I find him to appreciate his lot in life. He he truly enjoys what he does, but he's appreciative. You, you don't hear. You know what? You don't hear. Like he could have made us think about his contract. He's going to get his in the off season because he he knows. You know what he, he knows did? it's he put, coming. He put the work in. And he knows that the, the money's going to come. Yeah. And and all he's done is improve tenfold every single year. He, 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 mm. The guy's awesome. Okay. So Tyrese Max. This is more me. And I think most people feel the same way, but I'm going to throw him in there maybe higher than some other people would have him. Okay. I, I love everything about Devontae Smith. The player, the dude. He's so Philly. I love it. No BS. Like, yeah, man, I don't care. What were my numbers? We, we lost, right? I don't care. Like, w- w- you know, he he just gets it, man. The guy gets it. I'm a huge, huge Matt, uh, Devontae guy. Same here. Uh, he reminds me of just the, the Philly blue-collar mentality. You wake up at the crack of dawn. You go out there. You do your job. No one cares about your feelings. No one cares if you ate breakfast that day. No one cares if you're sick. You know, he just shows up, does the job, and uh, makes no excuses. Um, I love the way I love the way he handles himself in his press conferences. Whenever he does, whenever he doesn't have a desirable game, I'm not I'm not going to say a bad game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say whenever he doesn't have a desirable game, his response is, "Look, I got to catch the ball," or yeah. "Hey, I got to do my job better." It's just that simple. I got to make sure I'm available. I got to make sure, um, you know, I know where I'm supposed to be. You know, self, you know, uh, accountability, and I think that's something that's needed. Not only just on the Philadelphia Eagles, but also just in sports. You need more players being more accountable for themselves and not really looking to point the finger like a lot of guys do. Um, Devontae Smith is was he he's the perfect player for Philadelphia. I I, I really can't imagine him and I can't imagine him within any other organization besides Philadelphia. Right. I'm with you on that one. All right, I I'll give you another one. And he's he is admittedly he's a low-key guy. He's not, you know, uh, boisterous and and whatever. He just does his thing and, and and delivers. Zach Wheeler's been an awesome Philly. From the second they signed Wheeler, him as a free yes. agent with the Mets, all he's done is pitch great for the Phillies. And yep. he's coming up on the last year of his deal. We'll see if they get an extension done. I think they will. But uh, you just know that dude takes the mound. You're getting the absolute best that he has, and he's almost always going to deliver for you. Absolutely, especially in the playoffs, he was literally solid. He was the most yep. solid guy they had out there. Yep. Um, reliable, the OG in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no family. fear in a big spot. You don't yeah, have to worry no about him. No fear, just 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 cold as ice. Yeah. Um, Zach Wheeler is a guy that they need in this organization. Um, a lot of people thought he was done. Um, yep. you know, at you know at this time with the Mets. Yep. And um, they didn't think he could bounce back from that injury, but now he's healthier than he's ever been. And um, I think the best is yet to come for Zach Wheeler. I'm with you, man. I, I think he's still got a lot of gas in that tank. All right. Um, I I I had to think about this one for a minute. You notice I haven't mentioned him yet. Joel Embiid. Are we still in love? Are we? Is it a little diminished because of the injury? Like, wh- where are we? I can tell you the problem is. I can yeah, tell you the problem is. 
The problem is, you know, it's people love hard, right? And when it comes to Joel Embiid, you love hard. But when they let you down, you hate them hard too. Right. And there's very little in between. It's very little in between with the Joel Embiid saga in Philadelphia. Because you have some people who are on the side of, look, I don't care how good he plays. He's never available. Or, hey, listen, who cares how good he plays? Where is that kind of dominance in the playoffs? You know, people have reasons, legitimate reasons for having their own opinions about Joel Embiid. And I never even argue with those people because what can I say? They're kind of right. Yeah, I know. But, um, you know, when he is at the top of the mountain, when he is doing his thing, when he's grinding, killing it, dominating guys, he's the most – He's you can make an argument he's probably the most beloved guy in the city because, because how dominant he can be. But I think – with that love you have for him, in the back of your mind, you're saying to yourself, please don't let me down like you did before. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It, 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 it's the it's the person you're dating. Ooh, and I know it, where you're going. Keep going. Keep cooking. I know so where you're going. There's so great things about them, but there's that one flaw that can potentially just, just break you guys apart. And mm-hmm. with Joel. And when you argue, you argue ugly. And it's nasty. Yes. And that's that's it, man. I, I, and it's not his fault. He doesn't want to be hurt. I don't think he's soft. I just don't think his body physically can take it. That's it. Mm. Not his fault. But the reality is we need you on the floor if it's going to be a full commitment to love. Mm. For Joel. Mm. All right. This one's easy. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper oh, not yeah, only yeah. has played great, but – He's also endured himself to Philadelphia. Some would say pandering. I would not be one of them, but some would say pandering. But fanatic shoes, the headband, uh, you know, whatever. A Kelsey jersey, he would in his walk up when he's going and you know coming into to, to the tunnel for a game. All those kind of things, um, you know. And he delivered. The guy's won an MVP here. He's clutch in, in the postseason. Harper is kind of a no brainer with Kelsey, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, I agree. He is a no-brainer. And to your point about the whole pandering thing, right? Here's my problem when, when people say that about Bryce Harper in particular. If he was anything but that, we'd have a problem with it. I know. If he was just here to collect his check and just, you know, play baseball, we'd have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we call guys out on the carpet all the time about them not really leaning into the Philly culture and them not really being bought in, them just being here to collect their check, right? You know, you know, we we talked about we talked about Ben Simmons, you know, being a guy who never really leaned into the Philly culture and re- never really ingratiated himself with the people, right? We yep. talk about guys like that all the time. So again, you say pandering, I say a guy understanding the assignment. Yeah, and I'm rolling with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I agree, and I yeah, like you know, so if he just rolled in here and 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 played the game and went home and never did. Like we'd say, oh, he's just a hired assassin, a hired hand or whatever. No, right, this guy wants right. to be a part of the community, man. I I, right. I just think it's... And it adds to the legend. It yeah. adds to the legend. It adds to the excitement in the field, you know, uh, um, you know, with the fans mm-hmm. at Citizens Bank Park. I mean, the dude just, he's cold-blooded. I mean, yeah. he is an assassin out there. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. But um, the dude just, the, 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 the swagger he plays with, uh, the moxie. I mean, the dude is just, he's so grimy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. All right. This one, it's new love, but I do think it's love. Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Young I love mean, can what, be dangerous. What is, what is not like to like about this guy? I like him. I like yeah. him, but young love can be dangerous. 
Don't young, don't get too don't be, be don't be buying a ring yet. Yeah. Young young love can let you down sometime. So <laughs> hey, listen, we're enjoying ourselves. We're yeah. dating. Everything is great. <laughs> the meals are nice. You know, the candlelight dinners are great. Mm-hmm. You know, but until for you know, we, we, we we're still feeling this thing out here. Yeah. But so far, so good. You know, my mom likes you. So far, so good. Yes. yes. All right. But we'll yeah. see if you'll make it to the altar. I got you. We got to go through some bumps first before we we really know exactly where this exactly. is going to end up for him. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. I think that we're, it's safe to say this one fits the category of, of love. Jeff Stoutland. Oh, yeah. Right? We're, all, we're all there. Oh, Jeff, 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 Jeff Stoutland is, I mean, it's one of those situations where you stand up, Jeff Stoutland, and then you just sit down. No, nothing more, nothing less. You ain't got to say nothing else, man. The dude is, the dude is just a, a, a ultimate professional, one, uh, the, the ultimate developer of talent. Um, you can make an argument he's one of the one of the best developers of talent we've seen in Philadelphia sports history. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, you know, you know, Jeff Stoutland is just um a great dude. Um, personality is awesome. Uh, no bullshit. You know, yes. just all you just all about all about developing production and doing your job. Yeah, and you get the sense he loves his guys too. Like yeah. the, the stuff he sent to Brandon Brooks back in the day. The, you know, the, the, the stuff with with Kelsey. The thing he sent out about Brazil. Like he he loves his dudes. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can see that. It's it's real. absolutely. He's a he's a football lifer. Where where do we? I'm I'm posing this one to you into the chat. Where do we fall on John Tortorella? Are, are we in love mode? Are we, you know, feeling good? Where are we with him? I feel good. About, I feel good about him. And here, and you know, again, he, he's been here what for three seasons. This is, I believe, this is only the second. I think this is the third or the second. I think it's the second. Okay, let, let's yeah. roll with that. Um, yeah. What I like about him is the fact that he's maximizing the guys he has with him, and he's another guy that's no nonsense. He's another guy that's all about just giving you all on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he looks at it like this. I don't care what your talent base is. We're gonna come higher and play hard, and we're gonna and we're gonna let whoever's playing in front of us. We're gonna make them feel us. Mm-hmm. And I like that mentality. That's so Philly. That's so blue collar. You know, at the end of the day, who cares what you're good at? Who cares what you're bad at? Go do your job. Mm-hmm. And I like that about him. Um, because he doesn't really have the most talent. Um, does that prevent me from loving him? I don't know if it prevents me from loving him. I love what he brings. I love the mentality. Um, we just have to see if it kind of translates. He's kind of in that Nick Nurse territory. Yep. But 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 he's a but he's a step further. He's not not only did he meet the mom, he met the grandmother too. <laughs> and, so. and and let's face it, uh Nick stepped into a, a very terrible stable, situation. A more stable, well, uh, at least he had some stars. Like that's true, that's true. Tortorella stepped into like Someone who got hurt the last in, in their last relationship. Oh yeah, man. To, he's trying he's to dealing, mend that. Yeah. Oh, I like where you're going. He's um <laughs> he dealt with the heart. He's dealing with the heart he didn't break. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how he hard that is. Heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, live chat. You know how hard it is to pick up somebody who you're dealing with somebody with a with a broken heart that you didn't break it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. But 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 guess what? You know, at the end of the day, um, he's mending it slowly mm-hmm. but surely. He's yeah. reminding you that it's okay to love again. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, I, am I if I'm missing any? Please let me know. But I have I have our sports hate list too. I'll, I'll throw some names at you. But did I any any other ones that, on the good side of this thing that would stand out to you? That 
We didn't say, uh, say that one more time. I, I broke up. Any, any other on the love side that I that we missed here, or or uh, I'll throw the sports hate side at you in, in a second. I mean, obviously, BG is loved. BG um, is totally loved. BG, BG is loved. Lane BG's Johnson is up there loved. with any anybody really, honestly. BG, yeah. Lane Johnson, they're loved tremendously. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, trying to think who else on the Sixers side. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, Philly side. I feel like I feel like Philly loves Brandon Marsh. Yeah. Yeah, the whole I, look, the whole the look, you know, yeah. you know just yeah. j- j- just the vibe. Um, yeah. you know, the, the weird wet hair. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's, it's funny. My wife was like, "Is his hair always like that?" I'm like, he, no, he, he wets, literally wets it in the dugout. Wets it, he wets it before the game. Like, like his hair doesn't lay down. <laughs> yeah, he he actually showers. It's it's not right exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's um, okay. Okay, I think that's it. All right, I'm gonna go to the others, and again, these are good dudes, but we've had enough of them. All right. Uh-oh. I, I, I think I know who's number one on this list, but go ahead. James Bradbury, I'm talking to you, my friend. You yeah. are you are right there. All right? It, it's time to move on. It's time. It's time for both of us to see other people. Mm. Um, it's not Rob, me. It's you. It's not me. It's you. Uh, no, it's it's not you. It's me. No, but I know actually, what I in said. this case, no, it I know is what I you. Said. You're right. Actually, you got it right. Yeah. How great, would that, how great would that breakup be? Like, listen, we need to talk, but um, just so you know. It's not me. It's you. And that's why this is ending. <laughs> that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, uh, right. that'd be, that's hilarious. I, I just think it's a matter of figuring out, like, do you think that any, do they do the same thing with him that they did with, with Hassan Reddick? Do they say to him, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, do, do they let him go play the field and see if he can get a contract anywhere? We say, we're cutting you. Are you willing to restructure? I, I, none of that's happening. You're going to have to just cut him and eat it. But, but yeah, it's Who time. Talking? Who are you talking about? Bradbury. I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradbury still. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to have to find a way to. He has no, in my opinion, they have no leg to stand on, except for the fact that, look, I signed the contract. You paid me. I'm not moving off that. I, and that. I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, he's going to get I wouldn't blame him either, but, yeah. you know. That, that man better restructure something. I swear. Yeah, it's it's not good. All right, I, I'm going to give you one, and the guy's not here, but it's still fresh. The wound is fresh. Craig Kimbrell. Oh yeah, killed man. the Phillies, and I blame Thompson for going to him repeated. Yes, yeah, the the crane, the I mean, Daniel son, you know, doing the Miyagi, you know, move. But oh man, I, I blame Thompson for continuing to go to him, but nonetheless, like. I got some sports hate right now for Craig Kimbrell. That, that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I can understand. Still very fresh. Um, the fact that he got another job means that teams clearly see there's something there. Maybe Rob Thompson just overshot his, overplayed his hand with him. And that was that. Because yeah. he almost blew it for you at one time. That should have been the signs that, that told you, all right, we, we, we got out of Dodge in that moment. Let me not, you know, dance on the edge one more time with you and he did it and it bit him in the behind well that and that's i have an issue like a, a lot of times people will say to you hey dance with who brung you right and and i get it there is something to be said for loyalty but there's also something to be said for realizing when i got to get off this train you know and, and that's the problem that i have like the the recognition that it's time he, he was clearly cooked 
you, you don't just go on autopilot. Hey, hey, he had a lot of saves during the regular season. I'm just going to throw him back up. No, man. No. Absolutely not. It's a mistake. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Um, It's funny you said dance with who brought you. Well, look, maybe they brought me, but they had a hard time keeping me. And right. um, and I think the Phillies, that's where they dropped the ball. And I think that, I think that was the, be- the beginning of the end of that NLCS series. Yeah, it was. Uh, all right, uh, Doc Rivers. I know he's not here, I but it's still too fresh. And what is he now? Three and six with the Bucks. Have you seen this? Yeah, they're playing they're not, terrible with him. They, they don't look good. They got all that talent. Their score tone is down eleven points per game with him. Wow, I didn't know that. What it was? Yeah, Sports Center last night threw a graphic up there doing a head by head to head with Adrian Griffin compared to Doc, and they were score they were scoring eleven more per game with Adrian Griffin. Here's my thing, right? You know, apparently they got rid of Adrian Griffin because he rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. And that's a problem for me. You know, I want people to ha- I want people in the building that's going to rub people the wrong way. I want I, I want somebody that's going to make you uncomfortable. Adrian Griffin came, he came into the situation like, look, yeah, I know you guys are champions, but guess what? Yep. That was then. This is now. Yep. And it's time to it's, it's it's time to stay to the grind. And look, we don't know, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know exactly what was said, but for Giannis to pretend like he didn't know or he or he was shocked that he got fired. Come oh, on, please. Please. Please, please stop it. You're the last person that, that knows how to play coy. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I, I felt like they overreacted and it, mm-hmm. and it was a knee jerk and it was knee jerk. And um, I kind of th- it makes me think about the Sean Desai move. It was a panic move. Like, why are mm-hmm. you panicking? At, why are you panicking with 30? What, what were they at 31 and nine at the time? What were they? Yeah, they were. They were. They were in second place. And like. No, that wasn't quite thirty-one and nine, but they were in second place with, like, I mean, way above five hundred, uh, like way above. They pa- it was a panic move. It was they, yeah. you you, you panic because your because your stars came to you crying. Yes, man, forget that. I was I was listening, Giannis. I love you to death, but look, this guy is bringing something that we need. We need an edge. He's yeah. going to keep. He's going to hold you guys accountable. He's going to keep you guys on your toes. Trust yeah. me, just ride, just ride the wave, okay? And then right. we'll talk about it in the off season. No, yeah. they panicked. Which makes me think, and also Doc, with Doc Rivers consulting in that situation, it's like that was shady. He backdoored him. Yeah, he did. He backdoored him. What? Yep. And he was he's consulting. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if Adrian Griffin's doing this correctly. Yeah, if, if it was me, I would yeah. I would do this. He's consulting. You know, I see they they look predictable on offense. They're not really good good enough defense. Right, I right. See some strategy stuff I don't like. It's like, oh really? All that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and Lord knows what he was, and Lord knows the conversations he was he was having with the stars. It's like, hey, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, you know, you know. For you don't really like playing for this guy, do you? Hey, listen, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. Trust me. No one can love you like I can love you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, listen, Sorry. it's Valentine's. It's Valentine's Day. How many? How many people? Keep how many people around. are getting? How many people are getting those phone calls today or those text messages? Like, listen, no, I know it was yeah. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you got a man. I know you got a girlfriend. But listen. He or she can't love you like I can love you. Those messages are out there right now. People are getting some un um solicited candy grams in the mail right now. Yep. Yeah. I didn't ask for this, but okay. Uh, I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess John uh, in the accounting department now, you know, uh, likes me. (laughs) All right. Um, I have to, I got to throw this one in. And and I, and maybe this falls under the category like I got to get over this, but uh, I'm sorry. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, man. No. I'm not over it. I am not over it. Uh, I I can't stand the guy's attitude. I couldn't. I can't stand the way it ended. He's still the same guy. With the, I love when he he decides he's going to play, and it's like, oh, he's 
he's ramped it up and he's ready to go. And he got nine assists in a game. Meanwhile, he was 0 for 3 from the floor. This is what we get now. I'm tired of the NBA hyping him up like he's really a top-tier player still. I mean, every time he plays or every time every time he puts up remotely any kind of stat line, oh, wow, I mean, Ben Simmons is back. Or, oh, wow, Ben Simmons, just, just look at that athleticism. Listen, the dude is soft. The dude has no backbone. Yep. He's here to, he's here to, he's here to collect the check. It, wow, that's funny. He has no backbone, figuratively and literally. Um, <laughs> he's here to, he, he, he's, he's in the league just to collect the check. He has no desire to win. Everything about his draft profile was exactly correct. Yeah. Lacked motivation, lacked accountability. A guy who doesn't go to the um, uh, go to the extent for his teammates. And here we are. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a sports hate mm-hmm. prime candidate. Yeah. No, he he is the po- he's one of the poster children. Uh, the quintessential uh, sports hate for sure. All right. Anything I missed here? I I only did Bradbury, Kimbrel, Rivers. Oh, I have actually. Let me throw. I'm sorry. I do have one more. Again, this is a great dude. Great guy. I know you're who, who are you better to say? Tobias. Tobias Harris. Yep. I knew you were I knew you were going there. That's what I was thinking about when you said um Yeah. When you were talking about Bradbury, I'm like, yeah, Tobias Harris falls in that category. Good He's dude. Phenomenal. Great in the community. Phenomenal yep. human being. Um, accountable. Um, the always the adult in the room. Yes. But he lacks a motor that we need. He like he 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 can be too passive and then when yes. then if things aren't really falling, he can get discouraged too easily. And you know it's situational awareness and yeah. beans out of the game. Maxie's getting doubled and tripled. Like, dude, you gotta help. This is a night you need 25 to 30, not just yeah. 17. You know, you gotta help out in these kind of yeah. moments. Yeah, you can't just keep fading back into the system and saying, Hey, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Hey, listen, superstar players buck the system and you know, and they say, you know what, give me the ball. Yes. You know what I mean? That's yes. what star players do. And Tobias Harris is not that. Yeah. He's a great, he's a he's a great number three, maybe number four on a championship team. Right. But he's he he doesn't have the motor I need, especially we, especially in times of in, especially in times of crisis. In times of need. And, and the other thing we all understand is well, if if he was only making 12 million a year, yeah, okay, no kidding. But he's not. He's but he's not 30 something a year. <laughs> like I love people say. I love people say. Well, if he was, well, but he's not. He's not making. You know, he's not making. What does that have to do with any? I love that. What if? Well, he's making twenty-two more than that. He's making thirty-four million. He needs to be great. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, take a timeout. Let's come mm-hmm. back and we'll talk NFL. A uh, bunch of stuff to get into uh, regarding Kyle Shanahan and his decision making. Some other weird stuff from the Super Bowl. Uh, a former Eagle coach lands somewhere which we'll get into. So uh, we'll get into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. All right, let me tell you about our good friends at Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Yes. Uh, keep in mind, we got uh, you know a little lull in the weather right now. Might be a good time to get your trees checked out before we get some bad stuff uh, for the end of the winter here. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. 
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. It is Valentine's Day. That is Tone. I am Rob. Final hour of the program. All right, Tone. So let's hit a couple things here, NFL wise. Uh, first of all, on the on the latest New Heights podcast, which I think they taped yesterday, um, Jason called Travis out for the Andy Reid thing. To his credit, um, he said, "Look, man, you got overhyped. You can't make contact with that guy. You can't even get in his face the way that you did, even if you didn't make contact." I get why you did it. I appreciate your passion. Andy handled it perfectly, but that wasn't acceptable. Uh, props to Jason. He didn't. He didn't. You know, 
kiss his ass essentially and, and kowtow around it. And Travis copped to it. He said, I was I was out of line. My bad. Yeah. And 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 look, you know, it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't even need to go beyond that, right? Look, he 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 was caught up in the moment. He made it, he made a grave error. Grave error. I'm never I'm never gonna call it a mistake. It was a grave error, a grave lapse in judgment. But nonetheless, no one was hurt. Andy was okay. Andy's willing to walk it off. They won the game. You know, you know, I'm I, I'm totally willing to move on from it. I, again, you know, you got some people trying to indict who he is as a person, right. and I'm not I'm not going that far with it. He made a he he made an error. He made a lapse in judgment. We all do it. Um, but he, again, you know, it's, it's just important to be aware of you know you know our position in life, and um, you know, Travis Kelsey, I respect him. Copping to it on one of the biggest sports podcasts, uh, you know, in the world. I, I appreciate even more, like you said, Jason Kelsey calling them out and holding and holding each other accountable. And look, I'm sure you know those guys discussed it in their pre-production meetings, and you know, um, you know, you know, they laid out how far they'll, you know, they'll go in terms of you know that topic. Um, but overall, that's what big brothers are supposed to do. Um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you hold, you know, you hold your brother accountable. You know, I, I'm a strong believer in, you know, I am my brother's keeper. You know, I have, a, I have a younger brother. And sometimes he can get a little um, rambunctious, a little brash, <laughs> you know, a little brazen. And sometimes I got to say, listen, sit your ass down. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just relax. You're, you, you'll be okay. And um, that, and, and, and that's, and that's how I looked at that. So um, look, shout out to Travis Kelsey for owning up to it. Shout out to Jason Kelsey for calling him out and holding his brother accountable, man. That's, that's the kind of stuff you need. Yeah. And, and again, he did say he apologized to Andy behind, behind the scenes. So I'm Good. glad, I'm glad there's that much, you know, uh, they're having their parade today. And you'll see the video. I'm sure it's going to be viral everywhere. So William Gay, who's one of the linebackers for the uh, uh, Chiefs, mm-hmm. is <laughs> is running like in front of the motorcade, shirtless, just like <laughs> just running up and down. He's awesome. a good player, man. He, uh, I, I think, great. I think he's going to be available in free agency this year, and um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles should look at him. Of course, man. Of course, spend money on the position, please, please. Please spend money on the position, Eagles. Yeah. Learn your lesson. Look yeah. at these teams and how good these linebackers are and how much they impact things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, so there's that. Now, a couple other things uh, to keep in mind based off of the Chiefs. If you're just hopping on with us, they did uh, sign Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, to an extension. So he's locked up uh, you know, for a while here. But I, I did think it was interesting, as I said to you uh, yesterday, Tone, he he was interested in being a head coach. He just didn't get any offers. Nobody even interviewed him. So uh it's insane. You now there, there are other teams' losses, in my opinion. This is where you're short-sighted if you're if you're some of these teams. Agreed. Um all right, and other NFL news. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both spoke yesterday, and and Shanahan said that he had made overtime plans before the playoffs. In other words, he he and the and the analytics people and his coaching staff weren't doing this on the fly. They actually did discuss it and talk about it before the playoffs began. So they were well aware. Again, this is these are his words. They were well aware of what it was going to be. He kind of laid out his plan. I did, I will say this. I thought Lynch threw an interesting point in there regarding the whole decision making. One of the things that Lynch said was. If you remember the way that regulation ended, the Chiefs went right down the field on us. Now, they ended up kicking a field goal, but our defense looked, he said, in my estimation, looked gassed. 
Mm -hmm. And he said, one of the reasons, one, there was a bunch of things that went into it that we decided to take the ball was they looked tired and we were worried about them going against Patrick Mahomes tired that Mahomes would go right down and score. Now my, my counter would be the same counter that I threw out there the last two days. I want to know what I have to do. I want Mahomes. I want to know if I got to score a touchdown or I got to kick a field goal against this cat. I don't, I don't want to allow him to have sort of the last laugh, which is exactly yeah. And also, here's another thing. You know, this this topic came up on Birds 365 this morning, and um, I kind of liked how you know John and Jody kind of bro- um, broached it. They said, you know, another, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. In other words, they basically were saying that, look, it's the Super Bowl. The you have about maybe three or four minutes of commercial breaks. So you mean to tell me you guys can't catch their win in three to four minutes? Yeah. And that leans into your point. Like, look, at least you know what you have to do once you know if you play defense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, look, man, I think they're, they can say all they want about what they prepared for in those meetings with coaches or whatever. Clearly, your players did not know. Clearly. See, right. you can say whatever you want. The result indicates that you guys were not aware of the rule. Hence, you see, this would – their excuse would fly if the players never would have came out and said we didn't know. But the fact that players came out, it, it completely un- undercuts your argument. Not right. yours, but theirs. Yep. Yep. I, look, I, I I think so, too. I think all of it's flawed. The fact that you were thinking, oh, we want to get the ball first in the second overtime, like that just defeats all of it for me. I, mm-hmm. I can't. There isn't going to be a double over overtime. Yeah. First of all, Kansas City said flat out. Mahomes said flat out. And he said, Andy's going to be mad at me for even saying this. We talked about before the overtime started, we get the ball and we score. If they score on that first possession, San Francisco, we get the ball back and we score a touchdown. We're going, we're going for, two. for two. It's we're ending. It's it's over one yeah. way or the other. There is right. no second overtime in that scenario. It's like a sudden death. Overtime. And I can respect that. I can res- I can respect that because at the end of the day, if they score first, if, if they score a touchdown first, and then you score your touchdown, right, and you kick the field goal, basically, whoever, basically whoever gets close enough to, to kick a three point field goal, they win the game. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes and those guys, I'm not leaving it up to them because so far your defense, even though the Chiefs defense did play ultimately well in the red zone, they were still limiting them to field goals and. That Niners kicker, you know, he had got his confidence back. So there's no way I'm leaving it in the hands of my defense in that moment. I'm winning, I'm winning and losing this game on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes. And I totally, I to, I totally respect that move, and I'm rolling with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so I, I all those things kind of coming out in the uh in the mix, as they say, uh yesterday. The uh speaking of San Francisco, uh they are adding Anthony Lynn. I think this is a nice move by them. Uh, as the running game coordinator, um, or I'm sorry, Washington Commanders are doing that. They're they're hiring Anthony Lynn to serve as the run game coordinator. He was San Francisco's assistant head coach and running backs coach. Excuse me, the last two seasons. Now Washington's new general manager is Adam Peters, who who has worked with him in San Fran. Anthony Lynn's been a head coach, you know. Yeah, uh, San, Diego, San Diego, right when they were when they were over there, right? Yeah. So yeah. nice. Made move, it to right? made it to the playoffs. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just like to me, I I don't know. I I almost have to take everything. I don't. I didn't like Brandon Staley, but I have to take everything with a grain of salt that went on with the Chargers because I'm. I don't think they're well run. I don't think they're well owned. I, I and I think there's a lot of things that are just a mess with them. 
Yeah. And it's hard to really judge what's like, I like, honestly, I'll ask you this. I have no idea. Like I, I know he has incredible arm talent, but I don't know what Justin Herbert is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. From a winning perspective. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's arguably the most talented quarterback in the league. He's up there. He's up there with Josh Allen and Mahomes. And as far as, you know, as far as talent, right. He's up there with those guys as far as arm right. talent. But outside of that, you got to win some games, man. Yeah. And, but but be- I guess my question is, Tone, how much is him, and I'm not making excuses for him, but how much of it was they were so dysfunctional and such a disaster that he's hurt by that? I'm not saying it. Look, if we're going to say coaching hurts Jalen Hurts, you know, we got we to say coaching could hurt other quarterbacks as well, right? You know, we got to be fair about it. Um, at the same time, you know, Brandon Staley was never calling the offense. True, he's, he's a defense. defensive guy. Yeah, right. It, um, it was Kellen Moore. Right, right. And uh, I think at one point his OC was Kellen Moore, and then prior to that it was Joe Lombardi. I think it was. And both of those. And my thing is, how many different OCs does a guy is a guy going to need? I mean, b- before he can, before we start yeah. looking at him, like, okay, maybe he just has, um, maybe he's just not a winner. Maybe he's just not a good decision maker where it matters most. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's not the leader that. Um, we think he is. And again, this, we're not questioning his talent. Yeah. His talent is not a question. I want to make that clear for everybody in the back. Mm-hmm. This is not a question of Justin Herbert's talent. This is a question of his leadership ability and his ability to win key games. Yeah. And yes, I put a lot on Brandon Staley for sure. Um, but Brandon Staley is a defensive coach. Um, it's going, I'm really curious to see what Harbaugh brings to that team. Um, he definitely brings legitimacy, uh, legitimacy, and he brings uh, credibility to the organization. For that, that's for sure. Um, but I just can't get out of my mind. Um, Justin Herbert and that team blowing a 27, 30 point lead to the Jags. How is that? How is that? How is that possible? It's inexcusable. Right. Totally yeah. Inexcusable. Look, yep. and, and look, and look real quick. Last point on this. Sure. The defense dropped the ball, but the defense also forced four turnovers in the first round allowing you to accumulate that 30 plus point lead mm-hmm. and look deep defense is something i feel is personally i feel like defense is something that wanes as the game goes right whereas the offense is something that just it's it's constant and unfortunately justin herbert and that offense fell flat in the second half and they couldn't even get a field goal i mean i don't point. know he Good has point. to own that he has to own that part of it along with joe lombardi that's why they fired him and yeah. then Obviously, things didn't go well last year. But again, um, Justin Herbert, premier talent, premier yeah. talent. But he has to win games. It's, it's we're at that point now. I agree. I agree. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go elsewhere here. Um, a couple of things that I that I, I found uh, that caught my eye a little bit here. Eric Armstead uh, play. I, I, this was this one was surprising to me. So um, he tore his meniscus in the Eagles game, mm. December third. Think about how long ago that feels like, right? He played the rest of the season with a torn meniscus, including the Super Bowl. That's toughness, man. That's cold. It's cold blooded. <laughs> that Not- that is serious. You're in the trenches pushing off every single time with a torn meniscus for, for two months. Hey, Joel and B need whatever he's drinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, credit to him for playing. I, I'll, I'll give him props. That's that is hard. That is tough stuff. Uh, all right, the the record, the all time record 
for sports books in Nevada uh, was broken with the Super Bowl. There, just in Nevada alone, there was 185.6 million bet on the Super Bowl, just in one state. Dollars or just individual bets? Dollars. Yeah, more than 185.6 was bet on Super Bowl 58 uh, by the state sports books. And that's just one state. One state. state. Mm -hmm. And how many states is sports uh, betting? I don't know how many. There's still some that it's illegal. Yeah, there there is still some where where it's uh, illegal. Uh, The state has 182 sports books. 38 states allow sports betting. Okay. 38. Yeah. So what was the number again for Nevada? 185.6 185.6 million. 185.6 million. All right. So let's just say 150 million. Let's just bring it down. All right. Every state, everyone's watching the Super Bowl, right? 150, 150 times 30, 38. My God. Yeah. Well, that's well, 5. Put it, that's $5.7 billion. Put it in perspective. Just FanDuel alone. Took in more than fourteen million in bets. Uh, took in four. Sorry, excuse me, fourteen million bets, totaling three hundred and seven million. That's just FanDuel, three hundred and seven million. Right, and that's not counting all these other sports books that are coming out now. Correct, correct. There's tons Man. of money. billions of dollars were bet on that Super Bowl. I'm willing. Yep. I, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Well, well, at some point soon, I'm sure uh, that that'll all come out in the mix. Uh, how how much everybody. Whatever he made, and you know all, all that good stuff. Speaking of that, th- you're going to see, in my opinion, this uh, prop bet will be banned next year. You know, you can bet on the color of Gatorade they dump on the coach after the game. It's one of the prop bets, which is you ridiculous. Uh, yeah, you can. They dump purple on Andy Reid, okay? But reportedly, there was somebody who who worked. On the on the on, in the stadium, in operations, who tipped some people to what the Gatorade color was going to be that they were going to dump on the winning coach. Mm. So people got inside information, and all of a sudden, the the bets, the odds swung in a major way because there was so much action on purple Gatorade that people were betting. Now there are six states where gambling is legal where they do not take the Gatorade bet. That will be across the board next year. I will guarantee you that much. That's insane. Yeah. People people are addicts, gambling addicts. We're, we're gambling on the color Gatorade too. I mean, it's probably it's probably it's probably a good fun, but it's it's insane. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, but yeah. I'm not surprised. Let me put it yeah. that way. I'm not, just not in the least. I'm glad I'm, not, I'm I'm glad I'm not a I'm glad I'm not a a, a better man. I'm glad I'm not a gambling man. I'd be smart about it, man. You know, uh, for sure. Uh, here's, it's crazy too. There's some talk that Steve Wilkes might be out as the defensive coordinator in San Francisco. Come on, man. They, they lost to Mahomes and Reed and held that to, team to what? How many points? What was it? 26 or 20? Yeah. I With an remember. overtime. Yeah. They, look, that, I just why we always that game to, went down to the wire. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like his defense didn't show up. That yeah. game went they they had they kept 
the Chiefs behind the sticks most of that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I told you, defense is something, in my opinion, that as the game goes, it starts to wane a little bit. You know, offenses start to figure you out a little bit more. Players get tired, especially your pass rush. Yeah. Pass rushes wear, typically wear down as games go. That's why it's important for you to capitalize off of when they're, when they're dominating. And unfortunately, the Chiefs only were able to capitalize to the point of a 10-point lead. And that was that was the problem. Yeah, like I th- I think the San Francisco 49ers defense gave them a ton of opportunities in that first half to really smother the Chiefs, and they, and they didn't do it. I think it's low hanging fruit to blame Steve Wilkes. They've I been trying that. to they've been trying to scapegoat him all year. It just feels like it's typical of what we do too. You know, they've been trying they've been trying to do it all year. Somebody's got to be blamed. Uh, you know, Look, not that you lost to a great co- uh, great quarterback and great coach, and you know you could have done things differently as a head coach in overtime. Now let's just. Let's bring ever, ever since that Vikings game that they blew, they've been trying, they, they've been coming for his head. Yep. Ever yep. since that. All right. This stat is nuts. It's a Mahomes stat. I'm going to give you two, two crazy Mahomes stats, but I'll start with this one. Since 2001, <clears throat> so we're going back 23 years since 2001. There have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer to start the drive. All right? All that makes sense? Yeah, I got you. These are what they they classify as clutch moments. They actually – there is a a, a designation for that. Okay? So these are moments for a football team, the do-or-die drives that win or lose critical games. So out of 125 drives – only 40% of them saw the team on offense get the points that they needed. It only happens 40% of the time. Right. Okay. All right. Tom Brady did it at a very high level. He was five for 11 for 46% in that scenario. Above Drew average. Brees. Drew Brees, very good. Three for six, 50%. Okay. That's, Above average. That's both phenomenal. Okay. You know what Mahomes is in those situations? He's seven for seven, one hundred percent in those situations. I don't know what else you can say, man. I mean, this guy and is that's as why clutch, you get paid the big bucks. He's as clutch as you can be. He's it. Everybody else is playing for second in terms of clutch behind yeah. that, among other things with Patrick Mahomes. Based off that metric, he's the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. Yes. And I don't think anybody will try to debate you. That stretches back to 2001. So that's that is a quarter, almost a quarter century of data, and he so, is so heads and tails above everybody else. So to that, so to that degree, then he's the most clutch quarterback we've seen in the past twenty in the past twenty one years. Correct. Correct. Yep. So there's that one, and this this speaks to it too. So Mahomes, uh, ten and three, straight up record. 11 1 and 1 against the spread as an underdog in the mm. last 13 games. Mm, 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 mm. 10 and 3. So, anytime you just remember this, store this away for next year, people. When the Chiefs are underdogs, understand that this guy is 10 and 3 straight up, 11 1 and 1 against the spread. I would not advise going against the guy. Listen, sooner or later, people got to understand that they're putting their money in the wrong dog. And also, I think people continue to bet against them is because 
they it's it's like the Brady effect. You want to see him lose. You want to see that's him exactly right. It's a and, heart bet, not a head bet. Yeah, it's not a head bet because the head bet was Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with that. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about this prior to the game in all playoffs. Remember, we we kept we kept counting them out all year, and lo and behold. When that Super Bowl came, you and I said, "Look, well, I told you. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done betting against him. I just can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done." And lo and behold, here we are, man. He's a Super Bowl champion for the third time in two back-to-back seasons. I mean, he's the most clutch quarterback we've seen in the past 21 years, based off those numbers, man. Absolutely, unequivocally, no question about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I find it interesting. So Jordan Schultz was the guy who who put the information out there yesterday mm-hmm. uh, regarding Hassan Reddick and, and that he he wasn't seeking a trade. So he was on with WIP a little bit earlier. He said, quote, I haven't gotten the sense up until this point that he was particularly frustrated in speaking with him throughout the season. I think he has such good relationships within the building. Uh, and because the city and the organization have meant so much to him, I got that sense. So. You know, I, it seems like at least to me, Hassan is is either you know playing this very smart, and I'm not questioning his integrity here, but he he's not letting emotions get involved in this, which is always yeah. a smart way to go when you're trying to negotiate something. It's it seems like he's pl- you know staying pretty steady here, steady Eddie with this thing. Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think he's acknowledging his emotions, but not allowing himself to be ruled by them in this mm-hmm. instance. And I think that is, um, I, I think that's where he is. Like he said, he said, look, I love it here. It's my, this is my city. But it's a business. And I'm prepared for whatever happens. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, no need to read into it. He he, he, he said he said what he said. Now, obviously, you know, you know, him and his representation and, you know, the Eagles, you know, they're playing, they're playing chicken right now. And someone, and sooner or later, someone's going to veer off of the road. You know, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. But at the end of the day. At the end of the day, ultimately, I think both parties are going to get with or go are going to get exactly what they want in the end. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we we shall see. Uh, that is correct. All right, when we come back, Don, uh, we're gonna I, I I put together almost a questionnaire for you of sports. Now you're you you usually we have the pre-show meeting and you know everything you're gonna get. You're doing this on the fly. All right, okay. so I give you props. But here here's what we're I'll, I'll just give you. I'll give you the category so you can think about it and, and uh, you know, our friends listening and streaming and, and in the chat can think about it. All right. Okay. Be- best sport to watch in person. Ooh. It's going to be one category. Best sport to watch in person. Best sport to watch on TV. Toughest position to play in sports. Mm. Toughest sport. To be a play-by-play guy. Favorite non four for four sport, meaning you know, NF NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA. What is okay. your favorite after those? So okay. I'm gonna hit you with those five when we come back, and we're gonna dig into you know each and every one of those things. Uh, I like that. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. So everybody wants to jump in. Do you have do you have answers for yourself as well? I have mine also. Okay, all right, I cool. Have mine. Yeah, I never just fire these at you and not have answers. I always have. <laughs> that, that would be – I just be like, yeah, you take it. Um, my feet are up. No, I have hey, answers too. Yeah. Hey, listen, sometimes I've done that to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, don't tell me those kind of things. Ignorance is bliss, man. Oh, man. All right. So uh, we'll dig into all that. Uh, there is another Eagles tidbit that I want to. Oh, actually, before we go, let me throw this one at you real quick. Uh, Tracy Rocker, who was the Eagles defensive line coach the last three years, uh, he is going to the Titans to be their D-line coach. The Titans defensive coordinator is Denard Wilson. So those two work together. Interesting. And he goes there. Yeah, what what I wonder about with that tone is how much did he get caught up in just the 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 BS with um with Desai and Patricia and whatever? Was he just a victim of of all that crap that was going on? It's a possibility. Know. It's a possibility. Um it's a strong possibility. The fact that um he got another job, especially with Denard Wilson, clearly he has something to offer. And um, I feel like I feel like Tracy Rocker is a good coach. Um, in year one, I had my concerns, but then year two, he definitely um, you know, shut my mouth with that. And then obviously year three, we all know how that went. It was a bad year for everybody. So um, look, Tracy Rocker is a good coach, man. He's been he's been doing his doing his job for a long time. Um, you know, former player. Um, got a lot of got a lot of respect for him, and got a lot of respect for Denaro Wilson. So um, I'm curious to see how that pans out. Congratulations, to Tracy Rocker, and definitely congratulations again to Denaro Wilson for uh, scoring that job in Tennessee. Job well deserved. <clears throat> all right, let's come back and we'll and we'll do all the things that we, uh, that I just threw at you. Don't go anywhere. Uh, that's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, and we'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. That is Cone. I am Rob. Appreciate you guys hanging with us on this uh valentine's day wednesday why did i it's always the 14th but i don't know why i thought valentine's day was on a thursday i have no idea why i thought that it's always a when it's always the 14th right even if it's the weekend or no is it not yeah yeah, yeah, i think it i think it is always the 14th last time i checked okay i don't know (laughs) i don't know where i got that from all right let's um (laughs) Let's go to some of the, the, the questions that I wanted to pose to you. Let's start with the first one. Okay. Best sport in your estimation, and everybody feel free to jump in here, uh, to watch in person is? That's a great question. Um, I was torn between these two, but – and you, some people might kill me for this one, but um, – and I'm only going off of my experience. I, I've never been to a hockey game before. Okay. Never been to one. So that that's um, a that's important. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I think it's important to state that I've been to a basketball. I've been to plenty of basketball games. Been to football games. Um, I've been to soccer games. Um, been to baseball games. And honestly, soccer games are fun. Ooh. Soccer games are fun. I know that's a curveball for people, but soccer games are fun. Um, I know some people don't like the sport of soccer. They think it's too slow or they don't like, they don't like how it takes forever to score or whatever, but I don't know, man, those soccer fans, mm-hmm. they like the energy, the vibe, like it's very tribal in there. I mean, it's very just like, I went to a union game before, right. And pouring down rain, people are in ponchos and there's a going all out and you hear you, you, hear, you hear the drums. Yeah. It was bad doing their thing. Yeah. It was just this this energy that just took over. Yeah. And when they, like, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. Again, people are going to feel different about that. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I might be on an island with it. But soccer games, man, is just very, very high energy, man. And a football game, you can, you, you can, you can get caught lacking. You can relax. You know, you're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be lull periods in it. Because soccer is just, you know, the min- the minutes just flow right through. There's there's mm-hmm. hardly any breaks, really. Mm-hmm. You know, every, you're you're constantly have to having to be locked in on a game. So, um, I think I'm gonna choose soccer for that. That's a great different choice, and I'll I, let me concur with this. 
if you're in the Philly area, it's in Chester, but if you're in the Philly area, go to Subaru Park. It, it is it is a really cool stadium, whatever they call it. It's a really cool place to watch a game. It's a mm-hmm. really cool place. I'm going hockey all day, and I know you First, haven't been. If I would have yeah. been to one, I would have said that because yeah. I, I everything I hear, everything I see, everyone's like, yo, listen, hockey games, it's a party. Yes. It, it, well, here's what, here's what it also is. And and you lost your man card. Uh, I knew, see, and, and this is why I was yeah, hesitant I to say it because I knew Sills was going to say something about it. I knew yeah. it for a fact. He's the only person I thought about when I when I made that when I made that decision because he, <laughs> well, he, he hates soccer with a passion. He hates it. See, hates I it. I I don't. Uh, first of all, I've never been to like a European. I I don't know what that. I'm, I'm sure that's a whole different world. Like that. Right. I'm and sure it's, it's way more people in those. It's way more people in those arenas, those stadiums. Oh, for sure. So I I, I admit I haven't been to like that grand scale of it. Whatever. Right, right, right. Man, watching hockey in person, getting an appreciation for the ability to skate, to mm-hmm. the ability for these dude, these big dudes. And I'm not talking about fighting. I'm saying hitting the physicality mm-hmm. that goes into it, the balance, dude getting, you know, wrecked into the boards. Like I'm telling you, man, TV does absolutely not do hockey justice. Yeah, hockey I wish, is I- a, it's a totally different sport in person. I gotta, I, I gotta go see one because I know for a fact if I would have been to one, I would have said hockey. That would have been like my my main choice if I would have been to a, high, a hockey game before. But I don't want to lie and say I've been to one and say it's my favorite. No, you I know. You, just, you keep it so, real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I don't know, man. Like soccer games are fun. Something about them. Well, I respect soccer. I might, both of my kids play. I like soccer I didn't a lot. Play. I, didn't I like play soccer. growing up. Yeah, I, yeah. I respect the game. Um, yeah, I like soccer. All right, I would if I was going to give you a close second now. I know how expensive these seats are. And I, I can only speak to this because, I, you know, I, I sat, you know, where the press sits at basketball mm-hmm. games, at, at least at the Wells Fargo Center. It's kind of right behind one of the baskets. Um, that's where we were for, a, you know, for a while. Watching basketball with six foot eight, seven foot dudes, you get up and down the floor and, and show off the athleticism that they have. Mm-hmm. gives you a greater appreciation than it does on TV. You're just like, yeah, they're big. Yeah. You know, all right. Great. When you're there, you're like, I can't even believe this dude is able Same. to up and down the floor like this and do what he does. So in person, basketball is, is, is I've seen, I seen Russell Westbrook play live and my God <laughs> watching, watching Westbrook live. Yes. It doesn't even compare to te- like the tele like like the television the speed, is just the sheer the speed. speed. Yes, the speed is just insane. Yes. I mean, like again, watching Russell Westbrook in person, TV does him no justice. Yeah, none. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. Now, if I had to go third, if I'm ranking here, I say baseball, and I know people are going to say, "Man, baseball's slow." Why? Why are you saying baseball? Because everything around it, everything because like, it's, it's the atmosphere. It's, yeah, it's such it's atmosphere. a chill. It's usually in warm weather. You, you know, I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm just, you know, obviously I'm just playoff. enjoying the game. I'm, I'm eating good food. Yeah. I'm a rock, I got, I got know, a dog. I, I got some, you know, I got some popcorn or peanut, whatever. And I'm just kicking back yeah. with a beer. Oh, it's awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Um, I, I, as a matter of fact, I think, I think you, you and I, our rankings are exactly the same. Again, um, if I would have been to a hockey game, that would have been number one for me. Um, NBA's NBA's is great to is, is great to be in person. And then I would put baseball as my third as well. Yeah. Um football is definitely like f- football's way better. And this goes to you know, this goes into your next category. Yeah. So so I'll I'll be patient with okay, that. Okay, so it does. It, it transitions right into it. For, fourth is football. Now I know football is the most popular sport, 
But mm-hmm. here we go. Football is by far the best to watch on TV. Absolutely. By far. The Here's best. why. There's there's a hundred reasons why. But one of them is, first of all, we've gotten so, like these flat screens are insane. You almost feel like you're playing. Right. You're like, they're all, they just. Oh, it's sick. Yeah. There's that. But there's also football. When you're watching it, like the announcers can keep you up with things. There's mm-hmm. a million replays. You don't lose anything. And what's you got happening. The be- you got the best seat in the house. Yeah. I, I just, to me, football is so suited for TV. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're at a game, yeah, you have your phone and you can, you, you know, whatever, but you, you're not getting every replay. You, mm-hmm. there, there's always a point where you're like, wait, what, what happened there? Yeah. What was you can't that? see, you can't play? see everything. Cause they're yeah. just, depending on where you're sitting. Sometimes you can't see the names yes. and the jer- like, you know, totally. and like, uh, and sometimes it can, sometimes it can get quiet. Like yes. it's just, you know, yeah. whereas, or, yeah, it's, it's just too many. Too I'm also many getting periods. injury updates immediately. Like, there's just stuff happening, you know, mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah, football's way. Football's by far the number one sport for television. Yeah, and I, I, I agree 100 with Dan. If you have a good, uh, oh, sorry, pull up the pull up the wrong one. If you have a good uh, radio play-by-play broadcaster for baseball, there's nothing like it. They will entertain you. I've never done it. Never listened to baseball on radio. I'll give you a great one. Uh, like like uh, Scott Fransky, who we've had on the show a ton of times. Awesome dude. He's the Phillies play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. To me, he's as good as anybody out there in this day and age. He he he's he's got that folksy kind of thing going. He paints a picture. He describes it. He can get rise to the occasion. He's great at what he does. So anyway, that's just an aside. I know some people who mute the TV and just play the radio in the background and watch the games. A lot of people do that. Um, a lot of people do that. Yeah. I guess I would go hoops number two for 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 TV um, because I do like seeing a lot of replays of, of a guy just making an insane play or or uh, you know the, what happened on that foul you know what was this you know etc. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably, I would go, I'd probably go basketball too. Yeah, um, and yeah, third I'll probably go hockey. Well, I go baseball third and then hockey four. I, I think hockey on TV is tough. Really. Yeah, I think it's. I'm, tough, I mean, man. I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's it's pretty up and down like basketball, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it's hard to to keep up with the puck. I mean, I, oh, play. you know what? Deflections and stuff like that. It's no, hard no, you're to right. See what's you're, happening. You're, you know, you're right. You're right. I completely overlooked how small the puck is. That's actually one of the reasons why you know it's so hard, like I get lost in the game sometimes Same. because it's so because my eyes, I wear glasses. My 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 eyes are terrible, so sometimes it's so hard for me to spot that puck. Yeah. Um. So no, that's a that's a good point. You know, for that reason alone, I yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to put baseball ahead of it for that yeah, reason. You, alone. Listen, you're not alone in that. I mean, there there are plays where guys are set up in front of the net and and a shot's blasted and it, it hits off three guys. You're like, whoa, what? Oh, it's a goal. You have yeah. to see the replay. You don't know what yeah. happened. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just seeing guys chopping, chopping, chopping. All of a yeah. sudden that bell goes off. I'm like, but there's an art like in, in the game of hockey, in the sport of hockey. There's an art to being able to set up up out front without a guy moving you, even though they're banging in and they're trying to get you out of there. And you can it looks like chaos, a little deflection, the chaos, like, like John LeClaire was great at that a former flyer at setting up in front and just, they couldn't move them, man. They're pounding him and they couldn't get him out of there. Mm. Um, all right. Toughest position in sports. And, and, and by the way, Dan is dead on with this. Doc Emmerich is the goat of, of, of hockey broadcasters, the goat. Uh, okay. He was, he retired a few years back. Uh, Mike Emmerich, spectacular. What about what about him? Was, was so spectacular, you know, just out of curiosity because I, I never had opportunity. He was so, dis- and he was he had a brilliant vocabulary. 
Was he a radio guy or was he a TV guy? He was TV. Uh, shovels the pass. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, he's it, it, the way he would just say it um, matriculates the puck down the ice like it. And he would he didn't miss a beat. He knew everything. He was on top of everything. He didn't miss at anything. He, he's not was he a former. Was he a former player or anything? Or just no, he just knew the game. He just knew the game. Yeah, he knew the game. He did. He was a, he was way back in the day, a Flyers broadcaster somehow. Okay. Yeah, he got out of there. He went to the Devils and then he started doing national stuff. But he was great. Uh, was awesome. All right, toughest position in sports. What, what do you give me? Give me your give me your first one. That's the toughest position in sports. I'm torn between two things. All right, I'm torn between cornerback in football and pitcher in baseball. Interesting. I'm torn between those two because, in my opinion, right. Let's just stay. Let's just talk about the pitcher side of things. You have to find a way to curve this ball and make it go exactly where you want it to go. And they're throwing it at 80, 90, 100 miles per hour to, to, to be able to. And you do, like you don't realize how far they're standing from the home plate. 60 feet, six inches. Yeah. Until you actually go to a game. They're far as hell. I think that's so hard to do to just control that small ball and keep it inside that space and not hit somebody, you know, obviously not intentionally, of course. I think, I think that's so difficult to do to be able to Um, locate uh, a ball that you're throwing that hard is, is remarkable. Right. To be able to locate it and just have a understanding of a strike zone. I think that's so hard to do. Um, But then I think about the cornerback position, you're literally playing the game. You're literally playing the game of football in in reverse while everyone else is playing in forward. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think they had to be some of the best athletes on the field. Um, you're literally playing the game backwards. You're backpedaling the entire time. You have no idea where the guy in front of you is going to go. No idea. But you have to use your you have to use leverage. You have to use um, technique and foot speed. You have to you have to really you have to really study your opponent. Yeah. Um, I'm torn between cornerback and and and, and baseball pitcher. Uh, what about you? Okay, good answers. Uh, I'm going quarterback, man. I just think about what you have to process. When you're back there, it's like zip, 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 zip. Oh, I'm going here. Uh, the verbiage that you have to be able to just consume and get to. Gigantic human beings coming with bad intentions to hurt you. And you got to stand in there and still make a throw. Um, I, I I think it's there's a reason why there's only a handful of guys who you would who you would even want on your team. Think about how many guys that play that are even starters in the NFL, right? I agree with Paul. Paul is correct. Pickleball uh, is number one. It's the GOAT. I was so far ahead of everything else that I just left it alone, pickleball. And he's correct. If I tell you I took one off the face this weekend. Word. No way. All right. So Sunday we're playing. I'll get back. I'll get yeah, back I got you. <laughs> Look how excited you get about pickleball. That's crazy. So we play doubles. So my partner and I, and we always mix it up. Like winning. Does your wife play at all? Uh, she plays a little, but I wasn't, I wasn't playing she wasn't playing, but it, it, okay. it's like hoops. Like if you win, you keep playing in pickup ball. Like oh, okay, cool. Playing, okay. So the guy I was playing with is, is a good player, but so we had a play where th- there was, there, there was a ball just sort of dropped to the side and we both hustled over to kind of get it. And he just flicked his, his, his um, rack paddle. Okay. And he had his paddle. The ball went off the very end of his paddle. And think, I'm coming like face-to-face with him. 
and it it went bam right into my right into my mouth like it mm. jammed right right in the lip in the upper lip thank god like i didn't have my teeth out and it didn't catch my tooth clean i think it would have knocked my tooth out he drilled me right here and i and it's it, it, and it didn't, i didn't bleed either which i was surprised it swelled up pretty good i put some ice on it so i didn't look like a nut on monday and it went down but i got clipped like, yeah yeah i was about to say i i, I would have never known that's yeah. that's crazy it did go down but anyway all right so back to what i was saying quarterback this, this, this to me picture rod playing pickleball with, with, with knee pads on the elbow pads <laughs> yes a goggle <laughs> um so i would say quarterback number one because there's so much going on and you have to get rid of the ball in two seconds or you know if you don't you're gonna get killed that's, that's, that's true that's true um so I would go. I would go quarterback. I would go goalie in hockey. Mm. You think about you. You got a sea of bodies in front of you sometimes, where you can barely even see where the shot's coming from, and you got to stop that puck, or it's 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 angled a different way. You thought it was going this yeah. way, and it's angled this way, and you got to make the save. That's a yeah. hard position, man. Yeah, and the puck is what this big or something? Like yeah. maybe like it's, it's insane. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, you got this little thing zipping at you, hundred and whatever miles an hour. Um, imagine imagine taking that to the face oh back in the day back in the day they didn't wear equipment in goal and where they were they didn't wear masks back in the day that's insane crazy um all right so i would go that and then i'd go pitcher every for every reason you you just said for every single reason you said i I would go with that one Mm. um all right toughest sport to be a play-by-play broadcaster for in your opinion (sighs) toughest sport to be a play-by-play I might, I might have to say hockey because the puck is so small, and just being able to spot it and they're 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 past like when I when I watch hockey games, they speak so fast but so clearly, I could never do it. Mm-hmm. I could never do be a play by play for a hockey game. The one timer, go! It's a lot. It's a lot going yeah. on, and that puck is so small, and they have to have impeccable vision. Yes. Um. Yeah. Ho- hockey is by far, I think, the hardest to play by play. What do you think? You are dead on. It is hockey. Uh, the speed, the amount of European names that you have to get yeah. right. You know, oh, is, is Ovechkin right. passes it to Slinger Slinger, yeah. Dimitrov, and blah 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 blah, and you're and it's like whoa. Uh, and and it moves, man. It really, really moves. And hockey is is a super challenge just because of the speed, the sheer speed of it. Uh, you know, a quick tic-tac-toe pass and you got, you got to do, all right, you know, Jones over to Smith, you know, and and then whatever. And and it it is, it is a lot of heat on you because you get behind all of a sudden you're playing catch up. Mm -hmm. No, man, it's a hockey is really hard, really hard. And you got to be, there's no low moments either tone. Like it's so much spontaneous action too. Whereas baseball, you get some downtime. Football, you get downtime in between plays, and even basketball. Basketball, you get downtime as well. I never basketball, did play by play. Basketball is the e- basketball might be the easiest. You're, you're literally there, just like, hey, Jim, you know, ha, ha, ha. you're just having a good time the whole time. I would agree. Just- I, I think ho- I think basketball is the easiest for me. I go, I go hockey, baseball. Here's why I put baseball second because mm. you have so much downtime. You have to have material and prep. That's a good fill point. The downtime. That's a that's a very good point. I I was actually going to say baseball too for that exact same reason. You know, yep. you you have to imagine if it's a okay. The the, the sport itself is already slow, right? Yep. Imagine if imagine if someone's getting smoked. Yes, yes. The game you're, you, it's a twelve one game in the fifth inning. Right. You got to find a way to be colorful, entertaining. 
Um, you got you you, you got to tap into storylines, and you know you at that. I think at that point, that's when historians of the game really win, because because you because you really got to tap into your rolodex of knowledge, and you got to know and you got to know guys' history and their you know and their and their legacies, and you 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 got, you, you got to be creative. You know when when the team's getting blown out in baseball. So yeah, I would agree with that. I would say, um, hockey one, baseball two, uh, football three, basketball four. Agreed. Football. Here's the one thing about football. Some of the rules can be challenging, I think. Um, yeah. And you you need to the, – one of the things I think – Mike Tirico's great at a lot of things, but one of the things I think he's awesome at, if you listen to Sunday Night Football, Tirico knows every rule inside and out. He'll say, all right, now I know you're wondering why uh, they picked up the flag there. Well, that was because blah, blah, blah. And you don't get that from every play-by-play guy. Right. Tirico's on top of every – Every little detail of everything. He's awesome. Right, right. You're, you're so right. You know, real quick, um, you know how you and I were ripping Tony Romo about his Super Bowl play-by-play, right? Oh. This, this got me thinking. Remember the first year Tony Romo was a was a commentator? Everyone yep. loved him because of how detailed he talked about everything. And this came up on Burge through 65 earlier. Um, you know, the, you know, they 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 were um they brought up the notion that is it possible the NFL kind of neutered Romo because he was kind of telling plays before they would have happened. He was giving way too much information. Um, and the NFL, maybe some guys in the league said, look, you, you, this guy's doing, he, he's talking too much. He, he, he's giving too, he's giving too much away. And then maybe that neutered him. And now he's like, well, how else do I talk then? I mean, that's, that's, I know the game. I'm smart. I, now you're telling me to not talk about what I know. And, you know, so it, it made it made me kind of give him a little grace because I remember the times, the games yeah. where he was a surgeon talking about the game and he kind of became just this weirdo. And I didn't get it. At first, I thought he got lazy. But then when, you know, when McMullen and Jody Mc brought that up, I was like, that they may be on to something with that. Well, I don't know. What, I, do you, what, what do you think? So I, I think it was more of a network thing trying to just calm them down, like peel them off the ceiling because everything it's like, you can't be super excitable guy all the time. Like you got to pick and choose your moments. And I felt like with Romo, I feel like with Romo, everything is like, ah, 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 ah. And so what, what does that do for you when something really big does happen? It's like you're crying mm-hmm. wolf. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. you got, there's gotta be a, a, a pacing, I guess. But, okay. Yeah, I think, I, but I do think there was maybe there were some teams that were like, "Hey, man, you know, your boy's got to calm down with just like you know saying that to, to the higher ups." There were so many that. games where he was like, "Okay, now look, you see this right here? Watch this ball go here, and this is and this is what they're trying to do. If they can't get it done, it's going to go here." And so many times it played out just like that, and yeah. I can only imagine what teams were saying behind the scenes. I also think there's just better ways to do it. There's more, I think, like, hey. You know, watch when this guy goes in motion, you know, you usually see them going, you know, over here or something like that, as opposed to, all right, Jim, and, and he's going to, and it's like, oh, I can't do yeah. it, man. I he's very excitable. Me. He's very yeah. excitable. All right. Uh, lastly, uh, favorite non four for four, four for four is NBA, NHL, MLB. Uh, who did I miss? Uh, NFL. Yeah, so so basically, basically basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Favorite right, non favorite non sport four for four. Um, favorite non four for four. It's either it's either track and field or or soccer. 
for me. What about you? Uh, I love if – if I'm I'm not including college sports, by the way. I love college hoops and college football, but I'm taking yeah. them out. I, I When I was a kid, I loved boxing and I loved tennis. Oh, yeah. How did I forget about boxing? But, but this is when I was a kid. I don't have the same love for boxing that I had when I was a kid. I loved, like, the Tyson era. Yeah. I, I know this a little bit before your time, yeah. but I loved the Tyson era. I love the Sugar Ray Leonard era. I right, love the Tommy right. I like boxing era. a lot. Yeah, I, like I loved oh. that time. I grew up on that time. So I love yeah. boxing, but I don't have I, the, the love for boxing that I had. How so can I forget for me, about boxing? I, I know it's going to sound crazy to people. I love college lacrosse. I love watching men and women college lacrosse. I, I follow it big time. I've gone to the Wells Fargo or to the uh, Lincoln Financial Field when they had the NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love it, man. I, I Oh, you know what I like watching? I love yeah. watching rugby. Rugby gets intense. Rugby gets intense, man. Like you think you think football players and hockey players are tough. Those guys are all biceps and quads. Oh, they're just just banging, just banging. There's no pads. Like like uh, like Cilio's daughter plays, um, you know, uh, Division One um um, rugby. Um, Rugby. uh, Yeah, I can't remember what school. Tough as nails, man. They are. I'm like, listen. When I see girls playing rugby, I'm like, I'm like, oh, some. Tough mutters, like I'm like Jesus, like they, yeah, like they, yo, Rob, they bang. No, it takes it, guts. It takes guts, man. It does. It takes guts. It does. Like I, I, I don't never. know. I mean, God bless them. I don't know how they get up. I see some of this stuff, and I'm like, I'd be done for maybe permanently, but weeks and weeks and weeks, I would be done if I took shots like that, man. So Definitely. yeah, that's a that's fun. You know, what's a weird one, and I only I didn't know anything about it. I, I, we were, we were in Ireland on vacation and I started watching, watching hurling. It's called hurling. Is that when they throw those logs? No, no, no. It's almost like, um, it's almost like field hockey on steroids. You're running around with a stick and you got to balance a ball. Then you bat it up and smack it in. Like it's crazy. It's like a combo of lacrosse and field hockey, but it's wild. And I'm in. I was in this pub, and they're all betting on it, like it was. It was. It was like it was the NFL, man. They were all going nuts. So it was. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun to watch. Uh, okay. All right, we are out of time. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. Tones Marathon continues. He's got you uh, with Dan Cilio for the National Football Show, uh, and we're back at it tomorrow at the same time so tone have yourself a great rest of your day man yes sir and uh looking forward to hanging with you tomorrow and everybody as always enjoy your valentine's day uh if you if you celebrate if you so choose if you don't enjoy your wednesday you don't have to don't don't kowtow to what everybody's telling you you have to do man do your thing all right all right everybody have a great rest of your wednesday we will see you tomorrow with love yes
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.